On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick will be scrambling for interesting Star Wars things to say because it's one of those light on topics kind of weeks. Worry not though because they'll most definitely waste plenty of your time with some thoughts on Cad Bane and power grids. They'll also touch on the newly revealed Star Wars Hunters game, which sounds like another of their predictions coming true. They'll talk about Ron Moore and his potential for creating a Star Wars TV show. These two dummies will even riff on a new KRT rumor about who may be playing live-action Ezra. Aladdin, anyone? Don't worry, Matt has some thoughts on a few new Hot Toys reveals too, which he will vomit up before this week's fan segment, which includes fan responses to the question of the week, and of course, the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the freaking week. Punch it, Chewie. Everybody and by everybody, I mean Big Amish and Bat2797. What's up, Bat? What's up, Big? And welcome to a brand new edition of the Star Wars Time Show. Say it with me, SWTS. Woo! This is a milestone. 150, episode 150 of the official Star Wars Time Show. And Nick, I thank you for cutting in because we've talked about in the past where my diarrhea of the mouth when we start a new episode <laughs> sometimes makes my post editing much more difficult because I got to find like the little block where Nick comes back in and he's actually talking. It's just not my waveforms nonstop. <laughs> yeah. so. At the end of the podcast, I can just sit there quiet and I got all the, the noise or, or noiselessness I need. Right. Yeah. It's just I, I always need to look for a pocket. To where I know Nick's voice should be coming in. That's way in, in GarageBand I can line up the waveforms and make sure there's a seamless handoff from, you know, whatever the dumb thing I am saying uh, for Nick to pick up on and finish. But uh, that will help, Nick. So, so thank yeah, you for, for joining in there. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're here. We're doing the Star Wars Time Show. It's Tuesday. We're back at our regular time-ish. Not that we have a, a, a scheduled time. This isn't WandaVision, my friends. It is a Star Wars time show. Very you true. get it when you get it. And for the most part, it's usually going to be on a Tuesday Eastern Standard Time-ish or something. Around right? there. <laughs> yeah, it, it's somewhere. Uh, but we're here. We don't have any witches controlling our minds. Not going to spoil anything, even though it's a... Uh, we're a Star Wars show, and we hate Marvel, and we hate DC, and we hate Star Trek. It's only Star Wars. It's the Star Wars time show, after all. Um, yeah, whatever. I like all that geeky shit. So, uh, before we get into the Star Wars topics, Nick, I do have a few things I'd like to discuss that uh, you know either I came across over the past week since we last did the show, uh, or things I, uh, that the listeners may find uh, value in. Okay. Uh, I'm still not sure why people listen to us. Uh, I, I kind of took pleasure in knowing that there were people that canceled us over the past two weeks. Yeah. Um, overall, to... <laughs> isn't it, it funny though? Like, 
and Dude. we're 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 gonna stay away from the Corano talk. I mean, that to me, it's it's gone. It's a dead story. Uh, the only people still kicking the tires on that are, are uh, Big Ben yeah. doing his interviews and whatnot. But it is funny to get canceled <laughs> from people that were upset at Gina over our opinions on Gina. Yet they do the they did the exact same thing that supposedly gets them all butt hurt for in the first place yeah. and canceling us because they didn't like what we were saying. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> who's the real snowflakes here? Right? That's, I don't that's know. Like, me. like I I don't care about celebrities. Yes, and thank you. It, it's like if if your mailman gets fired for saying something that's stupid do you get upset and take to the internet about it no you don't you probably don't even know he got fired like so what do you care that this woman got fired from a job and then she got another job like right. what's the I big know. fucking it, it, it's silly I, I just i just thought it was funny you know even on an instagram or even live la- uh, last week like oh star wars time show we're disappointed in you we're unsubscribing or un-. it's like okay Nobody that is cares. that that's fine you're not going to hear Nick and I uh, put on this big woe is me thing over it and, and, and try to get some airtime on a crazy network to, to, to speak our opinion on it. We, we just take it. Just know you're doing to us what supposedly makes you so upset about celebrities, particular celebrities that may be on one side of the political spectrum. So just, just think about that. You're saying something that I disagree with, <laughs> so think I'm about canceling it. you. Yeah, all right. It's like big deal. What we went we went from seven hundred and nothing YouTube subscribers to seven hundred and nothing YouTube subscribers. Yeah. So big big fucking deal. Uh, no sleep was lost. But I do have a few things I want to get into. You know, um, last week was different. We had the interview with Bud Futu. Hopefully everyone enjoyed that. Uh, but it does kind of change the the landscape of the show. The show was quite long. Uh, Nick and I didn't have our him and Han and, and riffing on life session. Uh, so I kind of want to get back to that now. And, and we're, we're going to do a little bit of Star Wars schools because uh, yours truly has resumed his chronological rewatch of the Clone Wars with the little one. Uh, Nick, I can tell you right now, at least Clone Wars season one and, and through season two just does not stand up to what they were doing in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, my okay. little girl, like, I think she likes watching it cause she knows daddy loves star Wars at this point. It's like, Oh, Hey, you like it. So I'll appease you, my Lord. Right. <laughs> um, so we threw it on yesterday cause Mondays I try to wrap up real life work around three, three thirty, So her and I can have a few hours just to hang out. Uh, and we threw it on, we were, we were watching kind of the tail end of season one ish. Cause remember I'm doing chronological and, and it is pretty fucked up. I mean, to start the show, I believe you start with a season two episode. Then you go into some season three episodes, then you watch the movie, then you get into season one, so on and so forth. But the interest level on, on the little girl are uh, about none. And by, by that, I, I, I can tell cause when we're watching Clone Wars, She's bouncing around the room. She's jumping on the couch. You, you can just tell <laughs> that there is not much engagement between her mind and what is going on in, in the Clone Wars episodes. And, and it, as Bat's saying in the chat, it really is. Because if you even look back at season one visually, it's like, my God, what, what era is this from? Is this like the early 2000s? Is this 1990s? Yeah. Especially when you compare it to what we just saw with Clone Wars season seven and, and obviously Rebels with its slight upgrades. But 
she's just not into it like she was with Rebels. Like something is not grabbing her. And, and I think it's the fact that it bounces around between the main heroes. You have a much broader uh, scale story being told. I mean, it, there's yeah. galactic conflicts happening all over the place. Some episodes you may be with these Jedi. Next episode you're with those Jedi. So it's not like you have this recurring group of characters that you can kind of latch onto outside of the the bigs from the movies like Anakin, Kenobi, and obviously Ahsoka. Uh, but what I will, I mean, I'm I'm still paying attention because I'm a dork. I've I've seen these like this is probably my fourth or fifth time going through Clone Wars. But something stood out to me with a bounty hunter uh, that we all know and love and we all think is pretty badass. So that should give give you a clue. I'm not talking about Boba Fett. Uh, I'm talking about Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. And, and Nick, I bring this up because he comes in at the beginning of season two and, and has uh, like, a, like a two or three episode arc. And in that arc, I believe he proves in visual form once and for all, that he was one of the most badass and cutting bounty hunters of that era, if not beyond, if we ever get his story ultimately resolved. And, and here's my case. Dude was hired by Darth Sidious himself. Yep. Not a Dooku job. Dude was able to break into the Jedi Temple, into the archives, and stole a fucking holocron. That's pretty good. And in, 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 in the temple, it's not like uh, Grandmaster Yoda, uh, Anakin, Obi were all off fighting a battle. They were on planet. And dude, hell, Ahsoka was tasked with being the security for the library. Which seems like a bad idea, honestly. Like- well, she, she got busted. Um, she uh, wasn't listening to orders on the battlefield just like her master. uh but she she literally would not retreat when both obi-wan and anakin were like yo what the fuck let's go and they had to land in front of uh, an advancing battle droid army and essentially save her ass before her division got blown up so she was basically doing penalty time you know killing some penalty minutes in the box uh, (laughs) hanging out with joe casta new uh but either way just think about that cad bane a bounty hunter with no force ability was able to infiltrate the temple, infiltrate the archives, and lift a holocron. Like, take it and actually get away. Like, got off planet. Hmm. From there, Nick, he manages to capture a Rodian Jedi and kill him by torturing him, all right? Then... When, when, you know, uh, Mr. Superhero Jedi is like, hey, I'll, I'll fix everything. And, and we all know who I'm talking about, right? That, that was Anakin's mantra during the Clone Wars. And for good, good, good reasons. I mean, he was a badass and very cunning warrior. But he, he devises a plan. He's like, all right, we, we got to go save the Jedi. We got to get the holocron back. We got to get the Mind Stone or a Jedi Mind Gem or whatever the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> So they're like, whatever you are. And it's like, I don't, I don't like your tactics. You're, you're a cocky asshole, but whatever you're Skywalker. And I pretty much have to do whatever you tell me to. So to make a, a long story short, Nick, they, they infiltrate a separatist star destroyer. Um, and, and Cad essentially sets up both Anakin and Ahsoka to get what he wants by capturing Ahsoka and separating her from Anakin and then forcing Anakin 
to use the force to manipulate the holocron to do what he wanted in the first place. I, find, I found that to be quite impressive, and it's not done yet. Not only did he dupe the greatest Jedi, supposedly, of all time, or at least the Clone, uh, Clone Wars era, but he managed to escape on Anakin's shuttle, <laughs> dressed as a clone trooper, and Anakin even said, huh, Cad should be dead, but I'm still kind of sensing him as Cad is standing behind him, yet they land on their Star Destroyer and you see Cad kind of get away and we know he lives to fight another day. Uh, so I just, I just found that overly impressive evidence for Cad Bane at that time for probably being the most badass Star Wars bounty hunter, case closed. Yeah, at that time, I think that it's hard to pick out anybody who would be more... I guess you would say more cunning and more intelligent. I mean, there were bounty hunters that were probably more brutal. You know, oh, of you course, had like, of course. You know, like Bosk, and then you had Dengar, the, I mean, you yeah. know, Dengar and stuff like that, who were who were more known for their brute strength, than, at least in Bosk's case, and um, in their brutality. But but that's kind of what separated Cad Bane from the others is his intelligence. And yeah, I feel like, you know, he he definitely was helped by some blunders by Jedi, like, you know, how stupid of it, uh, uh, you know, was was Anakin to say like, oh, man, I can sense him. But I guess the force is just off. Like, yeah, right. When's the last time <laughs> that you saw some, like a Jedi say like, hey, I can sense something here and not take it seriously. I know. I know. Like, you know, there, there's there's a little bit of uh, of questionable uh, activity by the Jedi there and then having a, a brand, I don't even want to call it brand new, but having a relatively green Padawan in charge of guarding the library. And I know that it's kind of a shit job and it's not something clearly it wasn't something that they took seriously and maybe they should have. Um, but she wasn't up to the task of, of well, yeah, I mean, again, like I that. said, it was punishment. So she was kind of feeling sorry for herself. And I will say Cad used, uh, I forget the type of alien that Zam Wessel was, but he used the same type of alien. So she she shifted herself into an appearance of a Jedi uh, to yeah. kind of help Cad pull off the the heist. But he still pulled it off. He captured and killed a Jedi by himself. And he duped General Skywalker into doing what he wanted in the first place. And if it wasn't for General Skywalker... Ahsoka would have also been dead because he basically tries to flush around an airlock. Yeah. I just, I don't know. And, and the reason I'm talking about this is because I think Cad in the Clone Wars was being positioned as the, the, the primus, the, the king, the king of bounty hunters, because mm. we know that Dave had in his mind, hell, fucking scripted out in, in very... I mean, we're talking previs level uh, a type of work done on this encounter between who ultimately rises to become one of the most infamous bounty hunters in Boba Fett. So I, I almost feel like Dave was positioning Cad to kind of be the king that Boba Fett was aiming to knock off of the hill, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, just to cement uh, Fett's legend and, and, and give him, you know, give him some more, some more beef, some more credence to his stories. Um, and the fact that Cad in, in that Clone Wars episode seems to be written away, written off at this point in time does lead me to believe, as Tone is, is saying here, 
I think bringing him back into live action, Book of Boba Fett in particular, either through flashback visions or current timeline, would be a very wise decision and something that if if the, the Clone Wars version of his fate is not canonized or resolved, something that needs to happen. Yeah, I think it makes the most sense to bring him into Book of Boba, considering that we we pretty much know that we're going to be jumping between time periods there. You know, we're going to be dabbling a little bit in the in the old timeline with younger Fett. You would hope so. You would you would hope so. Like they still (laughs) owe us, even if it's three minutes, even if it's a, you know, kind of a a a real like that explained all Cobb Vance backstory and how he got the armor. Even if it's just that we, we need to at least see his escape or how he survived. But yeah. You know, maybe there is a talk. Hey, man, how'd you get that ding on your helmet? And then they resolve uh, what was supposed to happen in the Clone Wars, where they had a duel. They both got a shot off. But thanks to Boba's uh, Beskar, he he won and Cad did not. Yeah, I mean, Uh, I feel like in a straight up Western style showdown where you're 10 paces and then shoot. It's really hard to beat Boba Fett considering he is literally (laughs) clad in armor. It's fucking cheating. Yeah. and, and, And fucking... All uh, all Cad Bane's got is like a trench coat and a cool cowboy hat. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, got a badass yeah. duster and a sweet hat and, and, yeah. and, and, and jet packs on his feet. Yeah. So it's it's a little hard to go up against somebody like that in a, in a straight up Western duel. But I do think that for for fans of the Clone Wars, for fans of the animated stuff, that it would be pretty cool to bring in cad bane in some fashion it doesn't have to be a lot like you said it could just it could literally just be yeah showing that that showdown and, and kind of getting his ultimate fate in or, there. Or, or he could be the main antagonist of book of boba i mean I, I think they could position him that way too someone that you know you know maybe he feels uh, boba returning and taking over the palace is encroaching on his game that he's been doing uh, for the past six seven years after the fall of the empire yeah uh, but I, I do think cad is is deserving of some sort of finality in the franchise be it you bring him back and and he's different him and boba work together or hopefully they they revisit what was seemingly uh, turning out to be some sort of a contentious uh, or competitive relationship between these two big name bounty hunters yeah it definitely needs some sort of i don't want to say resolution but at least a little bit more expansion into what's happening there and I mean, if they want to make it to where he's, you know, he's not something like a relic of the past that we see in the flashbacks, you know, he's still alive to our knowledge. So right. having that's him there I mean. in current that's timeline would make sense, too. That's what I mean. I mean, he could easily cross paths with with Boba because you got to think in Book of Boba Fett, hopefully outside of getting the backstory, the, the, the main the main narrative is going to be, all right, well, wh- what's he doing? Yeah. Uh, what what are him and Fennec doing with the palace? Are they? Is it going to turn into a a guild on Tatooine? Is it going to turn into something else? Is he going to take over some crime syndicate shit, or is he going to try to continue uh, keeping on the up and up? Because remember, uh, some crazy things happen in the Dune Sea to the wretched, as yeah. as both he and Fennec can agree to. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just rewatching that Cad Bane stuff. I. You know, a lot of times when I watch these cartoons back in the day, who knows what the hell I was doing or paying attention to. But but these days when I'm focused, paying attention because I'm answering questions for the little one, it really it, he really stood out. I was like, damn, here's another blue skin Star Wars alien that is a, a master strategist, a, a brilliant fighter, a good a good gunslinger. 
and he can best the Jedi Order by himself and some other cronies. I just, I feel like that type of character warrants a, a bit more, uh, a bit more screen time, if you will. Yeah, I agree with you there. So hopefully, hopefully we do get to see him in some of the new stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like Filoni is, you know, that's what he's of doing. Course. He's slowly I mean, bringing in his his favorites I, from the animated series. We should almost just KRT it up because we are gonna we are gonna kick the KRT tires again after a a long hiatus of not talking about their leaks and quotes. But that that is something we should probably just say we we've heard from our source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Cad Bane, Bane Book of Boba in. Fett. You heard it here first. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Put it there. All right. Uh, before we get into the topics, I just I want to go over some things I've, I've gotten into. You know, maybe it'll it'll uh, touch some people's nostalgia bones uh, or give you something to think about this weekend. But uh, first and foremost, don't live in Texas if you do not like fucked up power grids. I, I, I probably learned more about <laughs> Nick's power grid in the past week than than any northerner should learn about but it, it's a fascinating story in capitalism gone wrong because <laughs> well it, it's insane what you guys yeah. are operating with down there it's it's actually very similar if you if any of you are familiar with uh enron's dealings in power for california it's not to that extreme but it's pretty similar so so texas has a deregulated power grid and it is completely disconnected from right. the United States Reserve Power. You get, grids. Nick, have you seen have you seen the the visual map of it? It's literally Texas <laughs> has a grid, and then the country has a grid. Yeah, and that's what really fucked us when this all came <laughs> down. So the not being connected to the emergency power grid is why you had people literally freezing to death in their houses or their apartments without yeah. power for 80 plus I'm hours. Not, I'm not laughing at that shit. I'm just, I'm laughing at what the leaders and business owners have done down there. And he obviously like, Hey, it's Texas. It's warm. Fuck that shit. I mean, I, I get that thinking, but you can't think that way anymore. You're just I, not prepared. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, is it warm? Like right now it's 79 degrees outside a week ago. It was nine degrees outside. Yeah. Like, you know, the, of course, that's a bit, bit of climate change. There. Yeah. The, the temperature in Texas is, you know, it has been in the past very warm. So you didn't I, I just it, it was but. just it was crazy. I was like, holy shit. I mean, how does an entire state literally just go dark or suffer from rolling, yeah. rolling blackouts? But but you look into it. And it's like, all right, well, I, I know a lot of people cheer on deregulation and, and sometimes regulation from the government can be slightly overreaching. But come on, man. I mean, to, to keep. Uh, wind turbines, nuclear power plants, you, you may want to follow some regulations for winterization and whatnot, because guess what? That type of stuff can run in Antarctica. Yeah. All right? so, so that's <laughs> it was just suffice it to say that last week was not fun for anybody. What, what else was nuts that I didn't know? Uh, but the co-op system. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with this people down there, there's certain energy companies you can go through that offer a co-op system, which if it's normal weather in Texas actually benefits the consumer because you're typically going to be paying less than a fixed rate consumer. But last week, because these companies, again, there's no regulations. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Because the price of energy skyrocketed because they didn't have any, there mm-hmm. were some customers getting charged upwards of $17,000 for five days of electricity. Yeah, and it's... So I'm on a co-op, but we like we've already confirmed that 
They're not going to uh, fuck you. They're 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 not going to do that. So that's, that's good. Nick. That's <laughs> government coming in telling the business what they can do. What the fuck, <laughs> dude? It's it's it was crazy. I mean, we were lucky enough because we were on the co-op's power. We didn't lose power except for very short amount of time. Do you, I mean, now, like, do, you, do you think that's because you're in a brand new neighborhood, or you just hooked into a no. better grid, or you just lucked out? So it was a couple things. So we were. Our grid is connected to emergency power systems. So we had we're on the same power grid as the airport in Texas and ah, nice. the fire department. So if anything was not going to go down, it was that it was ours. And um so the state instituted the governor instituted rolling blackouts due to the increase in power uh pricing. Uh, but that was only for state-run organizations or city-run, like government-run organizations, state government-run organizations like City of Austin Power. So we weren't on City of Austin Power. Everybody that you read about in Austin that was losing power for 80, 90 hours was on City of Austin Power. Since we were on the co-op, we only lost power for like an hour, Oof. and it was in the middle of the night when we were asleep, so it really didn't make a difference that much. Um, but yeah, it was, dude, it was crazy. Like we it's just, even we, up it's until, like third world country shit, yeah. man. I mean, a, a week people literally dying, freezing to death in the mm-hmm. South, in their homes yeah, or, or it, gassing themselves out. They're so desperate. They're like fucking lighting charcoal in their homes. Yeah. They, they were, they were people that literally would go in their cars. They couldn't open their garage doors, um, either because they were frozen shut or they're, you know, they didn't have electricity to open it through the garage door opener, they would turn on their cars and they would die from carbon monoxide uh, poisoning. Like it, it just, was a, it's bad even all up around until yesterday, we were still under a boil water advisory because yeah. our water uh, treatment plant lost power during the entire thing. And then um, because they were telling everybody to drip their faucets because of the cold weather, water <laughs> consumption went up by 250%. So all of our water a, pressure it was in the like entire a, city. A cascade of calamity, essentially, yeah. what would happen down there. So uh, we're was, glad Nick's all right. I, I I tried to check on him throughout the week to make sure uh, he he did not freeze to death. I mean, there's people we just like didn't the, have like our big problem is we didn't have food, got and yeah. there was no way to get it. So we were literally like rationing food. We had we we this is what we had. We had a did jar have, of rice. Did you at least have booze? Did you have anything to pass the time? Like liquor, so, beer? Yeah, so we had a little bit of whiskey. Um, but all we had was rice and we had uh some pasta. Like we had one bag <laughs> of of pasta, we had one jar of rice. Oh my god. And we were essentially able to get by off of that, plus we had uh like leftover chinese food that lasted us about a half a day <laughs> i didn't say um, it, it looks it looks like you lost a couple pounds it's the new uh <laughs> no no power diet yeah, it's the no Nick power is. diet and yeah so we were we we kind of had to scrape by there for a little while we we got out all right and then even like we went to the grocery store yesterday and there's still uh a, a bit of grocery shortages out there so. ah, oh boy in in well, all in all as we roll a half a million deaths this week in covid in america it's like things just keep getting better i will tell you that 2021 is not looking like it's going to be no. much better for good than 2020. i'm glad i'm glad you're finally on my pessimistic at, at bandwagon at least in Texas. I mean, nobody had like outside of Texas, you know, there were a few other states that were hit super bad by the winter storm, but uh, Texas definitely got the. Well, it's like I was telling you, I'm up here in, in Columbus, Ohio, and it's been 20 or less for two or three weeks. 
with with snow every week and we just cruise right along i mean yeah. it's it it blows in my well hell ever since i spent one year in texas i've never appreciated living in the north again to be honest with you uh the winter does suck now i i was an asshole when i was a little kid like i love four seasons i love the snow it's like no you don't you really don't it's fun if you go skiing but you haven't been skiing in about 10 years so it it just blows it sucks to go outside it's freezing cold i hate taking the trash out with the snow it sucks but we're used to it all right well nick's here (laughs) <laughs> As he said, they're they're back up to 79 because it's normal for a, a part of the world to be nine degrees one day and then 80 the next. But yeah. <laughs> I'm not a scientist, so I'm not going to comment on any of that shit. Uh, the only other thing I want to bring up, and I don't even know, Nick, if you would get into these movies because they're, they're before your time. Uh, but I, I've been having a big nostalgia kick. And, and I think it's tied to the composers of these films and the, and the themes. And I, I was thinking about it. It's like, Nick, when is, have we had a movie in recent memory where you can identify it by its themes, just as strong as you could identify like a star Wars movie, a star Wars moment. You know what I mean? Like there's just, it just doesn't see movies get made to where the, the, the score or the main theme is is revered just as much as the the movie itself to me the only one recent in recent history that had that was the avengers okay like, I, I was gonna yeah. say and it's it's really only the 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 reel they play before like the like before you go watch wandavision you, you know it's it, it, it's so it's i actually have it as my ringtone on my phone i don't think it's that one I don't know if I can. If I, I, can I, I know what you mean, though, but. Uh, but dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Listen to this. Yeah, that's, <laughs> now, that's, that's the one. That, now we're doing choir practice. Yeah. Me, 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 me. <laughs> but um, that's, the, that's the only me. one. Like they. Let me. I'm trying to see if I can. I, I know. I know what you're talking about, but but you're making my point. And what yeah. I'm getting at is movies when I was a little kid. I think the reason I, I've been revisiting some of them, and I'll tell you the, the films I'm talking about, is because of the score, just like Star Wars. If Star Wars didn't have John Williams, I'd argue it probably would have stopped at Star Wars 1, 2, maybe 3. Yeah. His music, his his compositions elevate the, the, the content to godlike levels. I think what happened with scores here is that, like, if you look at what Nolan did with scores. Like everybody was like, oh man, the score to Batman was so cool, but it was literally just low grumbly tones. It's not yeah, it's, actual it's, music. I mean, I, I, and, I don't mind Hans Zimmer. I mean, I think Hans Zimmer can make memorable, like the inception, you know, bleh, that, but it's, it's back to what you're saying. It's a, bleh, yeah, bleh. It, it's, it's not really like, it's not a score. It is a, it, it like, the, like Star Wars is a score. The Avengers theme is a score. You know, Jurassic Park is a score. Right. You like know, the, the, the music complements the scene. Like you, yeah. you should be able to listen to a soundtrack and then in your head visually go to the scene. This is where we are. Yeah. But like with, with like Nolan's bat, like everybody loved what Nolan did with Inception and Batman and all of his movies with these like that, that kind of shit. And it just ruined like making memorable scores for movies because now everybody just wants like tones 
They don't want actual songs. And, and speaking of tones, tones just uh, he reminded me of one. Uh, and, it, but still, that's like twenty years ago at this point. Okay. Even Harry Potter is another one that I think has themes. That's that you go, oh, music. Ooh, that's Harry Potter. That's good. You're right, tones. Lord of the Rings, fucking badass. You know, you guys should see what I look like right now. If you're if you're on the audio, watch the, watch the YouTube version. Um, <laughs> but that. but anyways, just kind of bring this full circle, and we'll get into the topics. I've you know I've been on a Star Trek kick with with the TV shows. I think they're excellent. I think Discovery's fucking badass. I think Picard's really well done, and I've always enjoyed Star Trek. It's always been the the redheaded stepchild to Star Wars for me, but I, I'm not I'm not a Star Wars fan. That's like <laughs> Star Trek nerds. You're dorky. No, I, I I appreciate both franchises, but I've started going back and, and rewatching the old films. I I cannot I can't Star Trek the motion picture. Don't even mess with it. It's it's not good. I've never liked it. Never will. I don't even care about it. But I went right into Wrath of Khan. Yeah. And as soon as I fired it up, I was like, fuck, that's why I like these movies as a kid. It's got a, a very identifiable theme. Uh, that, that Star Trek movie theme is fucking excellent. And it's the same thing throughout the entire movie. The, the entire score complements the, the action well and everything. And it, it just I haven't watched Wrath of Khan in probably... 20 years yeah i think i've only ever seen wrath of Khan once and it, it was like a very long time ago probably when i was like 15 years old yeah it's i've i've watched these since i was a little kid i mean again my dad wasn't as hardcore on star trek as star wars but he definitely was someone that was into geekier shit clearly because that's what i was consuming but i remember watching the star trek movies when i was little and, and obviously not enjoying them as much as star wars because they are very much different uh, they're very science uh, oriented, uh, you know, goody two shoes, this, that and the other thing. Uh, but but watching Wrath of Khan, not only the, the, the video and the reason I, I'm watching all these, they're they're on Amazon Prime right now. Basically, entire uh, Star Trek one through ten movies are on Amazon Prime. Uh, but they're actually they, they're, they're up resed. They don't look like shit. I mean, they look like a movie made at the, at the end of the 70s and released in the 80s. You, you can't get past that. Yeah. But the presentation for the 21st century is pretty nice. And I've actually, I don't know if it's um, older or I'm paying attention now, but I, I actually, I think I appreciate the Star Trek movies even more. Uh, Cause unlike Star Wars, as I said, I don't think they were, they're not perfectly suited for young, young kids. Yeah. Um, but as an adult watching it again for the first time, like I said, 20 years, it's like, damn, these Star Trek movies are pretty good. They were tying in shit that they were doing in the Star Trek original series and bringing it back all these years later in Khan. And then the search for Spock, you had all that cool shit with the, with the Klingons. So uh, what I'm trying to say here is if you haven't watched the old Star Trek movies in a bit and you used to be a fan, check them out on Amazon Prime. I think the HD upgrades do them a lot of justice. And again, it's the music. I think it's the music, just like these other films we've talked about. Tones also threw up Gladiator and Braveheart. I agree. Tones, I was more saying, I feel like in the 21st century, we've we've lost yeah, like films. I, I mean, the I, last like 10 years. Especially yeah. the last 10 years. I mean, it's like music in general. It's just all fucking digital. It's all produced from a machine. People don't play instruments anymore. It's kind of the same trend. But but Star Trek ticks that box. Great music. Good sci-fi, 
good acting. You got to love Takei. I love Takei, but I also, mm-hmm. you know, Shatner, Nimoy. They're just good films. And I'll wrap with the last one I got nostalgic about, and there's a reason for it. I got a, a, a Mezco Toys delivery notice for my, my 1978 Christopher Reeves Superman doll. And over the weekend, I'm like, you know what? This, it's also been far too long since I've watched the original Superman movie with Christopher Reeves, Gene Hackman. And I threw it on. And, and again, our boy Williams, right from the get-go, just hits you in the nostalgic balls with that And it's very similar to my Star Wars stuff. It, it's, it's Pavlov, Pavlovi, Pavlonian, or whatever the fuck, Pavlovian. Pavlovian. Yeah, Pav, Pavlovian. 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 It's like Sesame Street, right? <laughs> ha, hot, ha, hot, 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 hot. Anyways, it, that Superman theme almost had me in a ball. Yeah. Because it's been so long. It, 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 I just, it gives me, it, it takes me back to my childhood. I don't know if it's father stuff and that's, those are like uh, things that I used to identify with him that we used to do. And I used to feel like he liked hanging out with me when we would watch these movies or I don't even think he watched them with me. He'd just turn them on and, and walk away, probably have a drink, come back and be like, Oh yeah, did you like that? And it's like, yeah, because you do, I'm supposed to right? similar to what I'm doing to my own kid right now. <laughs> But at 40, just hearing, hearing the Star Trek theme song, hearing that Superman theme song, woo! I, uh, let's just say I updated my, my feels playlist on Spotify. Yeah. I also think that, like, you know, you mentioned John Williams with, with Superman. The guy's got to go down as the best composer um, of all time. It's, it, there is, he's, he's like, he's like, uh, one, one A, one B, one C, one D, one E. And then you maybe bring in uh, Howard Shore from uh, The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, and that's about it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Hans I mean, Zimmer, I mean, he, he's had some memorable themes. But John Williams, uh, let's, be, let's be real. He's got the Superman. He's got Close Encounters. I believe he's got E.T. Jurassic he's got Park. Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, Star Wars, Jaws. It's like, Jaws. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and it, this all goes back to my, my point. Williams and his music just elevated these films to, in my case, levels of nostalgia that give me a little teary-eyed when I hear him again, and I, I think that's a, a sign of a, every, of a great artist. Every time I watch Jurassic Park, it's like, I don't get choked up at, at many movies. Like, it's mostly just Star Wars and some other. Every time in Jurassic Park, in the beginning of the movie, they're going down, they're in the park, they're in the Jeep, and you see when you see the the brachiosaurus and it like scales up and then that Williams theme kicks in. It's like you catch your breath in your chest. You're like, see, I I can't remember a fucking lyric to save my life. I can't. Yeah. But listen to me. And I know it doesn't sound great, so don't listen too hard. But he just said Jurassic Park, boom, I can start doing the main theme because, like Nick said, when you match the song with the movie moments, it becomes a part of your soul. And, yeah. and sometimes, as I said, I don't experience emotions at all outside of 
from old movies and old songs that I may have listened to when I was a little kid. So yes, yeah. I, I really do have a feels playlist that I go to on the weekends when I want to feel something. Yeah, when and you that something be alive. is yeah, and that that something sadly for me is feeling sad. <laughs> that's that's what I like. Uh, oh, they're, they're bringing up some other good ones in here. Bad, I'm with you. Da- Danny Elfman is is another one. I mean. Uh, Batman 89 Batman, yeah. I mean that that's another one in my feels playlist because I went to that movie with my dad when we were nine years old and he never took me to theater it, that's that's what I'm saying like I there's a reason I get a little worked up when I hear some of this stuff so um, but yeah Danny was a great one I just we shit I forgot to mention we watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure this weekend for the first time that's another Elfman track and, and very iconic sounds <laughs> I mean Pee Wee is the fucking greatest I, I haven't watched how- a Pee Wee Herman movie in such a long time you yeah, were probably is. too old when he was on Saturday mornings right doing the playhouse or no I don't, I don't know. Yeah, so you, yeah, you probably, you probably weren't a big Pee Wee kid, but I think a lot of kids born in the '80s were probably big Pee Wee's uh, Playhouse fans, and then his movies. Uh, but the, the Big Adventure, that movie is just so fantastic. The fact that Paul Rubens the entire time is in that character, like <laughs> just always making sounds and shit. I was like Charlie, yeah. who, who's this guy remind you of? She's like, he's like my daddy. He's like, okay. <laughs> there you go. All right, so there you go. Um, highly recommend revisiting some of these old movies from your past. If you're if you're in my generation, Superman, the the original Star Trek movies, Pee Wee, uh, new stuff. I'm not gonna lie. We even we even checked out Monster Hunter this weekend, and I I thought it was pretty good. I mean, for a video yeah. game movie, um, it, that's it, on it, HBO. Um, no, you got to buy this one. Yeah, Monster Hunter, it's the early release, but it's 20 bucks. It's like, whatever, fuck it, big deal. I would have spent that <laughs> if I went to the movie. Uh, so we checked that out. And for a video game movie, I mean, it's it's Paul Anderson, it's, it's Mila. I thought it was good. I thought yeah. it was good. And, and, and more importantly, my little girl fucking loved it. She probably there shouldn't be watching PG-13 <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. But anytime there is... Here, I will probably get canceled for this, but female empowerment a, a female lead a female action hero i want her to see that shit and she reacted to it she loved it yeah. she's like yeah i mean anytime mila was kicking ass she's like yeah she'd be getting up and like shadow boxing and stuff I was like, there you go that's why yeah, no, i do what a, i do it's important for for little girls and for anybody to 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 watch stuff and see stuff where people that look like them right. are the heroes and you know yeah so and she definitely and i was surprised there was no nightmare fuel from the monsters uh no nightmares since we watched it so i don't feel too bad (laughs) letting her watch that pg-13 movie as a four-year-old yeah right it's parental guidance at 13 but i'm still the parent damn it you're guiding her there it doesn't matter if she's (laughs) not 13 Parental, uh, isn't it parental guidance for children under 13? And I don't know. Whatever. Okay, sure. It sounds then, good Then to you're me. covered because right. she's way under 13. All right. Well, uh, her mother and I also watch episodes of Bridgerton at night while she's on her iPad. So we're not the best parents at that Have type of shit. I have not watched that yet. I, I'm not going to lie. And I'm going to out myself here. Shows like Bridgerton are some of my favorite. I fucking love period piece dramas. You do. It, you're a huge fan. The Crown, Bridgerton. Crown. Downton Abbey, I've seen them all. I'm on Bridgerton now. If if I had epics, I would have watched Belgravia. I I love that shit. I love old time England and all the weird shit that the royals used to do and the, the lords only, and ladies. 
Yeah, the only thing that I ever got into that was like really old English. I, I like that movie, A Knight's Tale, with Ledger. Dude, I mean, like if you look at that movie, there's a lot of like good stars in it. You know, he, oh Heath yeah, Ledger, Paul Bettany. You got Mark Addy who played uh, King Robert in Game of Thrones. You got Alan Tudyk who plays uh, K2SO. You know, a lot of good people in that movie. So if you haven't seen A Knight's Tale, you should definitely go watch it. But I I don't know, man. I just I am fascinated by British royal society. It it just we're watching Bridgerton because I believe it's set 19th century. So early 1800s. And it was still when they they literally have seasons when women would essentially go out and try to get hitched. (sighs) And and you, you just see like how discounted women were back then and what was important to humanity. It's like, how have we made it this far? I mean, just as recent as the 1800s. Life was all about going out and being seen in society and and doing the right thing, doing the little dances, signing their dance cards, not touching them, or, you know, you you would uh, uh, possibly encounter shame. You couldn't kiss them. It's just like the shit that humans used to do, especially in the royal societies. It's like, how are we still here? The the values that that humans have in life are mind boggling. Like, yeah, mind bogglingly fuck? fucking stupid. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but yeah, Bridgerton, fantastic. And let's just say maybe if you and your significant other are looking for something to maybe turn up the knobs on on the lust. My God, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of sex. And just a lot of moments where you're like, oh, yeah, I'd like to be doing that right now. So it's not that bad, fellas. Trust me. Get into it. If the lady wants to watch Bridgerton, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Taylor has shown negative interest. In fact, she's like, I don't know why people watch this. So, I mean, it, I, I'm not going to lie. I do love the drama, too, Nick. I, I love the, the period <laughs> setting and all the weird lords and ladies shit. But the drama, like, oh, is he going to love her? Is she going to love him? Oh, no, they just said that. Please get back together. I, I get in. I get wrapped up in all that shit. So. Uh, as, as big of a dope caveman as I may come off with my Star Wars time show opinions... I like I like the I like the, uh, I like the uh, romantic dramas every now and then. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, man, kick us off. Let, let's do some Star Wars. Forty five yeah, let, minutes let's... of nonsense. Let's do some Star Wars, starting with a game that I'm pretty sure you ninety five percent predicted exactly what it was going to be, and I added the other five percent in there. Yeah, but we were pretty fucking close. here's another one where your bros made the prediction. We didn't we didn't out our source, but we were fucking right because. This game, this Star Wars Hunters that Nick's about to talk about, is the unnamed shooter that he and I were kind of spinning our wheels on, I think, in episode 148. Someone pulled the tape, but I know for a fact we're like, or I believe Nick was the one leading the charge. We're like, yeah, it's probably going to be a battle royale. Yeah, and and pretty much given this this teaser and the description given from StarWars.com, it is a battle royale. So uh, the game is called Star Wars Hunters. It's going to be for Switch and mobile. This came from, like Matt was saying, the, the hint slash leak a couple weeks ago that mentioned the small scale shooter. And this is the official description. It says, set after the fall of the Galactic Empire, Star Wars Hunters will connect players in real time battle in arena settings inspired by iconic Star Wars locales. Play as daring bounty hunters, heroes of the rebellion, and imperial uh, stormtroopers in an action game that will immerse 
players in fast-paced, visually stunning Star Wars conflict. The main thing that we want to point out here that confirms everything that we mentioned last time is uh, real-time battle in an arena setting. If you've ever played a, a Battle Royale game, whether it be PUBG or Fortnite or whatever, uh, DayZ, uh, that is essentially what those games are, real-time battle in an arena setting. You're, you're literally stuck in an arena and you're fighting against other teams, yep. other people. Um, this game is going to be team-based. So if you've ever played PUBG, there is a squads mode, there is a solo mode. So this is going to be more focused on the team slash squads aspect. So I don't know if there is going to be a solo mode where you can go in there and you can play um, again, you know, just by yourself with no team members. But uh, given this description and given... Uh, I mean, the, the the trailer of it doesn't actually give you any, any it, it's gameplay. Nothing. It, it may give you an idea of what it's going to look visually. And to me, Nick, it's it's Fortnite, right? I mean, it, it's yeah. looking like that cartoon style of, of animation. Yes, it's I mean, given the mobile and the switch to uh, mobile <laughs> games aren't to the level that you can play, you know, like you can't right. you can't get like visual fidelity like you did even out of like Battlefront 2 on a mobile device. You're definitely going to be going for a more animated cartoony style um and and even in the trailer itself i mean basically you're walking through you know some sort of it almost looks like takadana because you got flags and stuff everywhere could be java's palace too but then you have this this you know the gate open and you just see the arena yeah and the arena is just bullets flying lightsabers everything's going on it's very gladiator-esque like right before the gladiator enters the arena you know they're they're in their waiting area they're in there you know pissing shit and getting hyped up maybe cutting themselves uh and then yeah the gates open and here we go so uh do you think with it being squad centric or, or an emphasis on teams, are, are we going to have classes here or is every character essentially going to be uh, universally fleshed out in, in the same type of skill sets? I hope they do class based because that's, you know, I, I don't play a lot of battle royales, but I think that that is a good evolution for a battle royale is to have like, you know, all right, you're playing. It's it's. It's a 50-man battle royale. You have teams of two or something like that. So you have 25 individual squads. If you could pick like your different styles of champions, like, oh, you get you can play a tank or a healer. You got your DPS classes, you know, your damage dealers, right? All these different things. I think it would it would create a fun dynamic to where like you can figure out like, oh, which squad build works the best or or which two characters synergize the best together that can give us the highest chance of winning the whole thing. Um, you don't really see that a lot in, in these battle Royale games. Now it's mostly just, you know, you, you, all the players have guns and then it's whatever you pick up. Um, that's really gonna, uh, give you oh, an yeah, advantage. That, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, PUBG, you, you drop in and you have nothing, right? I mean, yeah. you, you may be fighting with a frying pan to be, it's to like start. you literally, I think like you, you drop in PUBG and you have a knife okay. and it's kind of the same way with, uh, with Fortnite. Like you drop in. And you have your pickaxe, which is what you use to like craft and stuff like that. And then you don't, you know, you pick up a gun and you pick up health potions and you pick up armor and all this other shit that you need to like actually hold your own in fights. Um, There is one new game out on Steam now. It's free. It's called Eternal Return, um, which is a kind of an evolution on the battle royale. It's much smaller. It's only an 18 person battle royale, but like it is class based. So you can pick a character and they are like a... You know, this person's a sniper. This person uses swords. This person uses hammers. And, you know, 
then you go around the un- the world and you need to pick up things to build the items that work for your character. So I think that an evolution in that, in that direction could be fun to see in this game where it's like, oh, if you're playing a tank class, you really want to find a lot of like stuff that gives you extra health. And then that way you have yeah. this big health pool. You can soak up a lot of damage S- for Sonic, your guy behind you. Do you think they'll actually... Or do you think they they did put thought into this, or no. is this going to be a straight <laughs> Fortnite clone? I think this is definitely going to be more for younger people. I think this is going to be a very easy to play game, low barrier to entry. So I think it is going to be like, you know, if you are play like if, even if there are squad based kind of like classes, they won't force you to like you know to do a lot of hunting for stuff that you need. Um, so I think, I do think it's going to be more like Fortnite, more like PUBG, where it's like you drop in, you pick up what you find, and then you start shooting people. Um, which why is not do, a bad why thing. do you think they limited it to Switch and mobile then? Like if it, if it let, let's say it is just a straight up Fortnite clone mm-hmm. with the Star Wars skin, were they like, you know what? We know what we're doing. We're, we're copycatting. There, there's probably not a chance this is going to explode. So who cares? Or, I don't, I, it just it just seems like if they were going if they're doing the full on copycat, why is it not cross play across all the consoles? It, uh, it seems like they kind of just like eh fuck it we're gonna we're gonna go on the cheap because we're only of the developing developer. it's Zynga yeah it's I mean. Zynga so I don't know if Zynga's ever uh, done a first party build of a PS you know like a PS five Xbox PC game right. like they are a mobile first developer so do you think they developed this for mobile and they're porting the switch or is it yeah. vice versa it, it's definitely a, a, a switch port i would imagine it's okay. it's, it's not going to be like this is and i think that it's easier to do that with the switch because their development environment is more friendly for like mobile ports um so i think this was definitely a mobile game and then they're like well we can easily make it switch playable yeah so let's just let's kick that up as well um, I mean, it's interesting. It'll probably be free to play. Right. Um, I don't I don't know if that's confirmed yet or not. Um, I believe that it is. Um, yeah, it is free, free to download on Nintendo Switch, App Store and Google Play later this year. So you're going to get it in 2021. No hard date yet. Um, with an announcement this early in the year, I would probably expect to see it sometime late summer. So maybe yeah, like it, August, it, September. This is probably the first salvo, and then when we get to the uh, video game season, uh, announcement season, which, well, in the old days, usually would kick off towards the end of March with GDC and and really just kind of carry all the way through E3 in June, and then you'd have uh, the Gamescom over in Germany, and then you end with TGS, Tokyo Game Show. Uh, But yeah, I think Nick's right. I I think we'll get maybe a little more sprinkled on this uh, later this spring. Hopefully with a release at the end of the summer. And of course, it's F2P. I'm going to download it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I still have never understood those people out there. And a lot of them are Star Wars fans, which shouldn't surprise <laughs> me. But they're like, oh, what the fuck? Another free to play mobile game. You suck dick. Blah. It's like, OK, I, I get it. I want a nice, shiny, big boy, big girl game, too. But yeah. Is a free to play game really that offensive to people? I mean, if you yeah, don't like I'm it, not you just shun it. You just like, fucking delete it if you don't yeah. like it. I'd, I've never got the hate over free to play. It's yeah. like, and look, what I like about this is it's Switch too. So, like, if Matt yeah. and I want to download it for free on Switch, I don't have to sit there and stare at my eight inch 
phone screen. I could right. we could play it on our big TVs. You know, it, oh, I agree. It, I mean, I, I that's I, I very rarely use my switch. But when I do, it is for little jaunt type of games like this, where it's nothing you're probably going to play for hours on end. I mean, the I'm only sure that, one that it was like that was like that for me on switch was Breath of the Wild. There you go. Yeah, that that was a real game. I still, I still, what we're almost two years since Nick and I were talking about this, I still have not had the balls to go in and just finish Ganon. Like I've I've done everything I've done. I've done everything else. I just got to go to the castle and get in. You got to do it. it. You got to do it, man. It was such a satisfying ending to that game. I just, I suck at finishing Zelda games. (laughs) I I love playing them, but for some reason, I I never finish them because a lot of times they they ask a lot of you. Um, Zelda to this day even the old games, I I I bought the 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 remake of uh, was it something Link in to time, the past. yeah, or, or, uh, yeah. It, it, just, well, it came yeah. out like nineteen or, or twenty. It was on sale. I was like, fuck it, I'll get it. And I was like, oh, this is it. It's based on old game. I'll be able to just walk around, and figure it out. Nope. Within the first dungeon, I'm like, okay, where the fuck do I go now? Yeah, yeah. What did I miss? Who didn't I talk to that would have told me one thing that I go look at a pot and that's what I need to do. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the Zelda. But anyways, back to this, we'll kind of put some finishing uh, touches on Star Wars Hunters. You know, when we were talking about the class-based stuff, I, I kind of had a light bulb go off. And I was like, damn, dude, when we were talking about Star Wars Shooter before we knew what this would be, we, we didn't bring up a Star Wars-style Overwatch game. That could be really fun. Yeah, don't, don't you think? Because that, that mm-hmm. game, that's one of the last competitive online games I played. And no, I was not competing, but it was a game that I, I looked forward to playing every night, getting in with my, my Lucio, Lucio, or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and feeling like I was contributing to the team by healing and, and providing other uh, yeah. buffs. I feel and, like Battlefront 2 kind of took that approach with like the the heavy the assault the the commander and the different classes there but because the battlefield was so large it never felt like your class choice necessarily no. affected the outcome of the dude, game dude all i felt like in battlefront this yeah, a lot of this is my problem just sucking at online shooters mm-hmm. but to me battlefront 2 was spawn run a long time look at all the pretty images <laughs> get shot and do it all over again yeah, yeah. Um I think that an Overwatch style Star Wars game would be really cool. Fuck yeah. I would. don't think that Star Wars will ever develop something that will be that could be used in the competitive realm. Right. Right. It's just too it'd be like too much of the license getting getting dragged through, you know. Coming up next, we got Nick from Team SWT. Yeah. He's gonna battle the Star Wars Battle Arena. You know, like yeah. that type of yeah. shit. I mean, I think that that it would actually be a good idea for them to do that because you're expanding your business model. You're bringing in viewers from new areas that may not be familiar with Star Wars, but enjoy competitive gaming. Um, but I just don't think that they're do, they're, they would do it because you would have to spin off an entirely new section of your business. Like you would have to essentially create an esports division, which doesn't seem like it's something that they're interested in. But having that... I mean, like, you know, essentially taking, you know, what you have in Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, where you do have these different classes like healers and tanks and stuff like that, but making it actively playable. And like, you know, you're you're controlling your characters with a keyboard and a mouse or a controller and like you're working together as a team, I think would be very cool. 
Um, I don't I, think I would, that's I, what Hunters I, is going to be. But no, not at all. I'm, again, this is just us kind of dreaming and, and creating our own game. But I, just when we were talking about classes, I, I was thinking about Overwatch and how much fun that was to rotate classes within a match or find one that you can really settle in and, and just feel like you're you're contributing. That, that's something that has kept me away from the online space. It is a lack of skill. It's a lack of practice. I, I, I will 100% admit that. But it's also, it's like, I, I don't I don't have fun being in a fucking spawn grinder. It's just, yeah. that's not my idea of my limited game time these days as a 40-year-old dad. It, it, I don't want to show up and just get... It, butt fucked by young kids and that that's pretty much what the online space is especially in the the shooter arena so no yeah you're you're 100 right and but you're I, not I gonna would, get overwatch 2 until 2022 and so but it'd be, it'd be sweet to like fire up a, a, a ray medic class and just go around and when i have yeah. to slash people but then put my hands on them and, and give them a quick heal and here we go. We're, we're, we're pushing the, the holocron down the street to get to a temple or something like that. Yeah. I just, damn, Overwatch was fucking fun. Yeah, it is. It, it is a fun game. I used to play it a lot. I think like I played the ranked mode one season and I was like, I was like gold, but I only played like six, seven games. I didn't play enough to like actually try to like climb in the ranks. Um, but it is, it's a fun game. And I think that Star Wars could like their video game environment could benefit from something like that in addition to actual story content. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a that's a good idea. But I don't know if, uh, you know, the, the types of games like those types of games are usually only developed by a limited number of studios. Like basically it's Blizzard or Riot. And I don't think that you're going to give the Star Wars license to a company like that to no. to make a game. Oh, well, like I said, mm-hmm. we have the Star Wars time show to dream. So yeah. eventually about- <laughs> when we're making enough money, we will we will just hire a developer to make it and then uh, yes. force Star Wars to give us the license. Of, of course, it. of course. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Tones, be careful with that game, man. That's one of the scariest fucking games I ever played. Alien Isolation. Did you play that, Nick? I did not. I watched oh. some Oof. people play it and it does look like it's very frightening. It's um it's like Dead Space level. Yeah. And Dead Space to me is one of the greatest uh, space trilogies, gaming trilogies out there. Horror horror. I mean, I I don't like horror games cuz I don't like feeling on edge the whole time, but if you're into that shit, my god, Dead Space and as as Tones brought up here in the live stream alien isolation i believe a lot of these are available on xbox game pass you can sign up for xbox game pass right from your console yeah yeah right, see that's us cutting we're, we're cutting live commercials now but we don't get paid for them yeah not not getting any sort of kickback from that. <laughs> that's how we roll here we like doing everything for free eating up all of our time eating up all of our fun but we do it for you we do it for you <laughs> All right, dude. So uh, that's all we had in the in the gaming scene. I, I guess it's been nice. To, this is what almost a month straight of shows where we've had something to talk about in the Star Wars gaming space, which has been mm-hmm. a space that has mostly been dead since EA was given the license. But uh, you can clearly tell that the, the whole Lucasfilm games thing is doing something. I wouldn't quite say it's doing what us hardcore Star Wars fans and gamers want yet. 
but we still have our, our Ubisoft title out there, right? They can still dangle that carrot, but at least, at least other studios are getting in the mix and they're trying. You just, you never know. I mean, uh, whatever the fuck that game is called, we just talked about hunters. Mm -hmm. It could be the next star Wars galaxy heroes for Nick and I, where it's something we play every single fucking day. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's just, you boot it up on mobile, you play a couple of arena rounds and then that's you know you move on speaking of swago i I don't know if he's uh scouting but uh, the intern asked if you were still playing so i mean i am but like i haven't been playing uh, yeah typically when he starts asking that that means he's he's going out and looking for uh new recruits for wookies always win that's our guild i i do play but like i'm so behind in like the like the meta grind that like I don't, I'm not even close to like, yeah. I'm not even close to gas. I'm not even close to like, I'm, I guess I'm getting closer to JKL, but it's just like, I got to a point to where it's just like, all I have to do now is grind. And like, there's nothing that's even really close that it's just like, you know, I, I just yeah, you're do in, my mission. You're in that no man's land. Off. Now I'm, yeah. I'm still, um, I'm definitely not as intense as Kung Fu. I mean, these guys, my God, excuse me. I got to quit <laughs> eating before I come on here. But these guys in my guild love the guild. But dude, their Discord, it is active as fuck. Like all yeah. sorts of channels, like politics, this, that, and Kung Fu is up in every one of those. Yeah, I'm uh, not, it, I'm not interested in that type of gameplay uh, for it. Honestly, and, and I, I love the organization the guild provides. I, I like being a drone. Like, hey, you do this, put these people here, do that. I'm like, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, because the guild is so well managed, it, it is uh, raising all of our ships, if you will. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm all about it. But now I'm, I'm getting I may I may have my first galactic legend, my friend, by this summer. And that's huge for uh, a free player like myself, especially a player that uh, played like an asshole for the first three years of the game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. No, I mean, that's huge. And that's that's kind of what's discouraging right now is like for me. Cause like, I don't want to put any more money into the game that I have. Like I spent some money on it in the past to get other characters and stuff like that. But like the, the galactic legends seem so far out of reach that it's just like, why even put in the footwork well, I'm, to do I'm it? I'm telling you, if you're going for JKL, you're getting about halfway towards JML. So yeah. that, that, I mean, I'm not even worrying about Ray or Kylo or, or corpse boy. I'm just going right for the Luke's. Yeah, and and that's kind of the one that I'm getting the closest to, at least in terms of like, like I don't even have all of the character seven starred. That's the problem. Is like, oh, Jesus, I'm on. still farming shards for some of these characters, and when you're still doing that, and you have to have everything relic five, you might as well just like just put yourself. Haul. Yeah, like yeah, I'll have I'll have you know JKL in five years or whatever. It's just <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's, you can uh, do it. It gets super discouraging to even try to do it. Yeah. So it's just like I, I've like I got kicked out of the guild that I was in before because I just wasn't playing. It's just like it's so in the back of my mind now that like I don't even care. All right. Well, there, there you go. In turn, there's your answer. Do not recruit Nick. Yeah, no, he does I'm not, not want to play. Interested. He I'm does not, not want to play. He's he's too good for Wookiees always win. It's just it's become one of those games that it's like. It's not enjoyable to do it anymore. I don't know. It, it, it sounds like we've lost Nick in the ranks of Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes fans. Yeah. Uh, it's, so get off I the also, show, Nick! If you don't agree with me, I don't want you on the show anymore! <laughs> Wah! 
I also feel like the developers of that game, as soon as like, like they put out these legends and then that's, that's it. They haven't updated the game in any significant way to like to increase the enjoyment or like to change the way that the game is played. They haven't done any sort of hey, quality you can, of life you, you can sim sim the tank raid now. That's nice. Yeah, you can sim the tank there, raid There's now. a new uh, hardcore Rancor raid too. That's I saw, nice. Yeah, I saw that. But it's just like, I don't You're know. You're done. It's okay. We'll, we'll, I mean, it, I, I'm not going to lie. It, it hurts me a little bit. It hurts me a little bit, but I will press on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're out of the game talk and into the Battlestar Galactica. Yes, welcome to the Battlestar Galactica time show. This is your host, Matt, and my co-host, Nick. We're here to talk about the creator of the reboot, at least, Ron Moore. But in all seriousness, this is some great news, I think, and it is news I wasn't aware of. Uh, but Ron Moore, the creator of Battlestar Galactica, the reboot, and obviously a, a legend in Star Trek TV writing. He wrote for Next Generation, wrote for Deep Space Nine. I don't know if he did anything on Voyager, but the dude, I think it's safe to say, Nick, he's a he's a science fiction writer heavyweight. Does that, yeah. does that yeah. make sense? I, I think that is way... Are you a are you a B, BSG fan? Have you watched the reboot? Yes, no? I, I did watch the reboot. I'm a huge fan of it's damn good BSG, damn good TV, damn good sci-fi drama. I mean, it, it's excellent, and it comes from Ron Moore. So, here's the rub. This is why we're talking about a BSG Star Trek guy. Um, apparently, Ron's deal with Sony has completed, and yeah. he has signed a new deal with a little company called 20th Century Television. Which used to be 20th Century Fox. Right, which is now owned by a slightly larger company called Disney. Yes. So knowing what we know, Disney owns basically all of pop culture at this point in time. At least the stuff that we're interested in, the Star Wars, the Marvel, right? I mean, they, they don't have DC yet, but they, they basically have all of Marvel back because they, they yeah. took over Fox. They yes. got the Star Wars. So, I mean, it's, it's not a bad place to work if you like playing in those franchises. So anyways, w- what I'm here to say, Ron Moore now works for 20th Century Television, Ron Moore also has deals for Disney Plus right now. I think he's doing like a Swiss Family Robinson and some other goofy show based on a theme park ride, but that's what Disney does. They somehow take rides, turn them into movies and the shows. It is what it is, right? Yeah. But Jungle Cruise. <laughs> Ron Moore is a huge Star Wars fan, and I'd argue he's a bigger Star Wars fan than Star Trek fan. I'm not kidding. Go read the full article we're about to talk about. I just I, I pulled some choice quotes, uh, but within the article, he's like, "Nah, I'm I'm over Star Trek. It's like that 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 world is so defined. There there's so many franchises, so many years of television episodes that its canon is ridiculously big. Even after Abrams blew it up, it's still massive. Yeah, and he's like, to me, Star Wars is still a very closed franchise i mean yeah i mean the, now it is yeah definitely i mean it, it's it's getting more open Bigger, thanks to yeah. favreau and, and disney plus but for the most part star wars has been the skywalkers mm-hmm. in some form or fashion it was always the skywalkers but thanks to the mando and the success that has had uh, taking a no-namer and making him an iconic star wars character in, in two years or less there there's potential to start telling more stories that don't deal with the skywalkers directly yeah 
and that gets someone like Ron excited. So so here's here's the interesting stuff that us Star Wars fans should take heed of. First and foremost, Ron has already written for Star Wars TV shows. He was hired by George himself to work on the Underworld franchise. And he actually says in his quote here, so, I mean, he was, this is an interview from THR, so it's legit. Um, but but they're asking him, like, hey, Ron, hey, you're at Disney now, man. What's that like? We know you love Star Wars. You were writing Underworld for the maker. I bet you've already ran in there and started pitching your ass off, right? <laughs> and, and this is what he says. He's like, hey, it's always something that's on my mind, but clearly they have their Star Wars plate full at the moment. Ten shows, right, Nick? Yeah, lots uh, of shows. <laughs> I'm not sure this is the moment that you go in and pitch a new Star Wars series over there. I would love to do something in that franchise. It was fun to go work on the abortive live action show that I did way back when. I got a tremendous amount of thrill of writing lines for Darth Vader. Just think about that. Darth Vader had speaking lines in Underworld and we did not get to see it. I digress. So anyways, he, he more was writing for our favorite character, my favorite character at one point in time. But anyways, yeah. you know, lines for Darth Vader in one episode. And it would be fun to do that again. Here is our Vader series guy. We've got him. Could take be. it to take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. You've heard it here first from our sources. We just don't reveal them. But then he wraps up. It's just not the first piece of development I'm doing over there, but hopefully I'll be allowed to do that at some point. I so wonder what, what else he's working on. I, I told you, he literally is doing a Swiss Family Robinson show reboot and a, a series on one of the rides there. Uh, so if I was weird, if, if I was a better Swiss reporter, family. I would have went out and actually got those for you, Nick. I think they're even in this article, but I, I suck. I zero in on the Star Wars talk and block all the rest of the shit out. But he literally has to get through, I think, two or three shows okay. before he could even, like he said, start making his pitch. But he's right. At this point in time, there probably isn't a good pitch to be had. I mean, they've got 10 maybe 11 shows in the pipeline. Yeah. Some some actively being shot right now. We learned this week, I, I didn't post it because it was, I, sometimes I, I feel like sites that post certain Star Wars news updates, it's like, really? That slow of a day? Just don't <laughs> fucking post something. But they're like, oh yeah, we heard Tamara Morrison say that they're still shooting Book of Boba. It's like, yeah, no shit. Yeah, of course they're still shooting. <laughs> John Favreau said that at the end of December. Uh, duh. Uh, but anyways, I, I, I think this is... This is going to be a done deal. Ron Moore, before his 20th century television deal is done, will be doing something Star Wars. And, and that excites me just based on his, his pedigree and his past. In particular, the, the show he, he was fully in charge of, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I mean, it would almost be negligent if they didn't have him do Star Wars. Like, if they had Ron Moore on their payroll... And he was writing shows for them. And they didn't say like, hey, Ron, I think you would be a good person to write some Star Wars material. Then something, somebody over there should be fired. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, th this it, guy it, is, you know. It's a no brainer. I mean, he, yeah. like I said, he's been writing sci-fi for 20 plus years. Hell, 30 years. I mean, shit, I, I forget that Next Generation <laughs> kicked off when I was in high school, like the early uh, mid 90s. Yeah. Uh, and then, like I said, he ran BSG. He, he, he's doing Outlander. I mean, the guy is a pimp when it comes yeah. to not real stuff, which I would assume a lot of you Star Wars fans 
uh, prefer over real stuff like myself. Who wants to go see real shit? I'll, I'll save that for Netflix and the, and the Bridgertons and, and all that stuff. I don't want to see uh, too much real life, especially modern life. I, I hate movies about current real life shit. They depress me. They get me angry at humanity in general. And I, I just don't want to be reminded of real life. Yeah. It's only a matter of time until we get the COVID-19 pandemic movie after we're all outside of it. We're, of we'll, probably, we'll get a, a Texas winter storm movie. We'll get, Bro, <laughs> we'll they're, get working on, they're working on a Stonks movie for the yeah, whole GameStop saga. Like, you're, you're, you're not fucking around. You're not that far off. That's just where we're at. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, see, more kind of goes on, and he, he provided some other comments I found interesting here. Uh, so he was commenting kind of on the, the current state of Star Wars and just how the, the, the possibilities have become endless to a writer like himself. So, and this, again, this is all thanks to Mando. Uh, so Ron says, it's amazing. I am old enough to have gone to Star Wars in the summer of 77 and seen it originally. And then you had to wait years to see the next one. Now it's just fun. I used to read the novelizations and the comic books in between movies, and you saw what a rich universe it was and how many stories you could tell in so many different ways. So he is an EU asshole like the rest of you. Yeah. But that's okay. I will respect him. (laughs) Uh, Not surprising, though. The idea that they are now spreading out the Star Wars saga as not just the main line of the Skywalker story, but doing things like The Mandalorian and all these other shows... I can't wait to see all the different possibilities that get opened up. So, like I said, he's he's no fool. He sees that the canvas has been cleared and artists are allowed, for the most part, who knows what's said behind closed doors, but to just kind of have at it. Like, hey, you want to play in this universe now? Here's the budget. Don't fuck it up. Yeah, and I think I, that his take, too, like a potential show by him, would be very different than what we've typically seen in Star Wars. You know, like, even with The Mandalorian, you're still kind of... It's still a similar story arc, character arc, to what we we see in the movies. You know, you have this relatively unknown character who becomes a hero and, um, you know, is is tasked with, uh, with great things and stuff like that. Whereas if you look at, you know, especially if you look at BSG you don't really have that character storyline. Like you don't have that, like nothing to, uh, to champion, to hero kind of arc. It, it, it's a very different thing. It's, it's about survival. It's about, yeah. you know, the, the per, per, you know, maintaining humanity's essence in the uh, universe after it went, went I was going to say, silence. Nick, I, I think Ron in general, and like you said, in BSG, he, he specializes on building characters and um, character relationships and making that the interesting aspect of the show exactly. versus the big picture. Like, like a, you know, in BSG, obviously you got the, you got the, the, the captain, you got Starbucks. All, I mean, you have your, your main characters, but there wasn't like just a hero. They were all heroes. They are all contributing mm-hmm. different ways. And you would learn things about each character through other characters and in the episode stories that they would get themselves mixed into. So I, I do. I think I think Ron's Star Wars would be more like a Rogue One where it's yeah. like ensemble hero cast. Mm-hmm. But you, you would be you would be learning about them throughout the seasons Dude, through the I, adventures they go on. I, I would like to see Ron 
write a show about the inner workings of the empire there you go like because it it seems like he's got something for vader which we all want we all want dedicated vader it would be mind-blowing you think luke coming back fucking you know creamed your shorts think about a dedicated vader point of view show Mm -hmm. It it would almost be too shocking to even consume without passing out like literally being in the head of darth vader you don't get it anywhere but the comics yeah yeah i mean it would be amazing i think i think that his personal style would work really well for like an imperial side yeah and i'm i'm with you i think that'd be a fantastic and very unique idea to present star wars from the lens of the bad guys yeah and show why they think they are the good guys. I mean, we, we've gotten some hints of it. Uh, Mayfeld is a great example. I mean, he, he was someone that was fighting for the wrong side, but he realized that they were fucked up ultimately. Uh, it, it would, I, I think that's a great idea, Nick. I, I would love to see something bad guy centric. So far, yeah. the acolyte, that's, that's really all we're going to get. Yeah. That's, that's probably going to be from the bad guy's perspective. Uh, so yeah, I, I would take that. And then he just finally rounds out. They're like, "Hey man, so do you already have a, a, a full Star Wars show written in your head?" And, and he <laughs> goes, "Nothing fully formed, but I've got a couple of notions in the back of my head, ideas and arenas that I think would be fun to poke around the corners of the Star Wars universe." Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's been, you know, thinking about this since he was on, you know, writing for Underworld and that got exactly mixed and stuff like that. And, and there you go, right there, just, Nick. Boom. <laughs> Unless there was language in the in the deal, maybe he revisits underworld concepts and, yeah. and flushes out that again. Yeah, because uh, that you could bring in a very freshly anointed Vader, right? I mean, this was basically going to take place right after the rise of the Empire. I mean, post Empire Day and all that fun shit. So, uh, I, I I was I was happy to see this. I, I didn't know that Ron uh, signed with a Disney studio, essentially. Yes, he's got to wade through a few uh, committed projects already that we probably won't be interested in. But the fact that he's there, he's working for the mouse, it, it just seems like the stars and planets have aligned in full, and he's finally going to be able to uh, get his wish granted of producing something Star Wars related. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. I mean, there's... There's not really like if you look at people like JJ and Ryan and even Colin, like I wouldn't call them true sci-fi writers. No, you know, like not at all. They're, they're, Especially they're, Ryan Johnson. I mean, he's yeah. I mean, I outside mean, yeah. of Looper, he hadn't really done anything right. sci-fi. You know, like JJ. Yeah, you can look at his his resume and be like, oh well, Cloverfield was sci-fi, and then Star Trek was sci-fi, and he's worked. You know, Lost was sci-fi-ish. Like JJ is more of an action sci-fi type of creator. Right. Like he took Star Trek, which was way more sciency and way less focused on action, and essentially turned Star Trek into what Star Wars was. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I'd you know. say that's a that's a good good um, comparison or summary yeah. of JJ's Star Trek. But then if you look at Ron, Ron is a is like you said, he is a sci-fi writer. Yes. yes. Like he's not an action guy. And he's not like he, he's not a guy who takes a sci-fi universe and then creates an action movie within it. Like he he actually does write good science fiction and and does a lot with the science fiction universe that, you know, is not necessarily just focused on battles and action and blowing things up and all this stuff. 
Uh, so I, I am excited to see if he does get to play in the in the universe. Yeah, I expect I, he will. I, I think he would bring that Star Trek sciencey feel to Star Wars, which which could be neat. I mean, Star Wars has always been more mystical than Star Trek. I mean, the the Force for Christ's sake, world between worlds. I mean, that that's some mystical shit. But Star Trek, through its science, also does some pretty far out stuff. You know, wormholes and different different galaxies different quadrants of galaxies, uh, you know, cutting through space, fabrics of time, time travel. So yeah, it, it's all that fun stuff, but we'll, we'll keep this on the, on the, on the back burner. I, I would say, I would imagine within two to three years. I was going to say 2023 is probably when I would expect to hear yeah. something about him working on Star Wars. Exactly. If it is, you know, that, if it that's is if, if John and Dave let him play. Yeah, because right, they they control all of Star Wars now. <laughs> they they should right? according according to according, a lot of fans. Yeah, they 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 run it all. To, according worry, to the the angers, they they, they still report to the people that make more money than they do. Yeah, yeah. All right, dude. Um, Next switch, up, getting into the the rumor mill again. It, it's been a while since we've we've gone down a KRT rumor mill path, but. Uh, they're they're back at it. I I, do, I will say that I am glad now that Reddit at least for the most part pushes back a bit because yeah. I know Nick he doesn't give a flying fuck like I do. But w- when I saw this up there, I was reading some of the initial comments and it it made me smile a bit when they're like, ah, f- well if you listen to it, listen to how they're hedging their bets and saying and him and ha and there's like this is a prediction. It's not a it's not a leak. And yeah. I'm like, well good. I'm at least people are starting to catch on. Yeah. I also, um, so if you hit refresh on that page, I added a picture of Mina in here. So it makes it a little bit easier to, to, to draw that comparison between yeah, him and Ezra. But what we're talking about is, is KRT, that they've come out and apparently have dropped the bomb that uh, Mina Masood is going to play the live action Ezra Bridger, more than likely in the Ahsoka series, which, you know, we... We basically told you to take it to the bank last week based on what our source has told us. Yeah. Um, and Nick's right. I mean, it, 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 we're talking about he's a guy that played live action Aladdin. Pretty good yeah. job. I mean, he did a great job. I actually yeah, think you, that, that Aladdin movie's not that half bad. So Yeah, that movie was actually really good. I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, it, at it's, how it's good Guy Ritchie was. doing live action Disney, and it, yeah, it feels like a Guy Ritchie movie, but also a Disney film. So, yeah. I, I like the, the the music. I thought Will Smith was good. I thought Mina was good. I, I don't know the actress's name, but she was good as well. That's Jasmine. Um, but anyways, KRT, they're, they're saying this dude is going to play Ezra Bridger. And if you just look at him, it, it, it's it's an easy, easy connection to make. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I believe it was it was OAC replied to our, our fan question a week. He's like. I don't know his name, but the Aladdin guy, because I've always thought like Ezra has looked like Aladdin and, and he's he's not wrong. Yeah. I mean, dude, even look at like in the two pictures on the post, like look at the eyebrows, like it's, even the dude, eyebrows. It, it's uncanny. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it is it, it's it's even more uncanny than the, the Katie Sackoff Bo-Katan connection, because yeah. let, let's be real. I mean, I, I don't think they uh, Bo was not drawn to look like Katie. Mm-mm. But she just kind of morphed into the character. She is Bo Katan. We don't have to argue that. You could argue that they drew Ezra Bridger based off of uh, Mina Masood. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, he looks just like him. It's it's it is dead the fuck on. And I mean, 
from a from a speculative standpoint, it makes total sense that they would cast th- this person to play Ezra because he's already in the family. Like, you know, we, we, we've already seen them do this before. Like, you know, Katie was a very obvious choice because Katie was already involved with Star Wars past. And, you know, even in the Disney realm, she was involved with it through Rebels. So it's an easy pull. For Mina, he's already in the Disney family. He's recently done good work for Disney in live action Aladdin. And to his own, like, based off of his own uh, statements and like as early as last year, as you know, as July of last year, he was like, yeah, I'm not getting any work post. Okay, I, I was going to say, do you remember that story? Because I even believe Will Smith or, or another big celebrity is like, hey, what the fuck? I mean, yeah, it's like hire this kid. Yeah, because- the, the dude was great. And I actually think I think he has the physical skills to play a young Jedi as well, because I, I believe a lot of the acrobatics and, mm-hmm. and dancing he did in Aladdin. Yeah, he was, was definitely him. he definitely did all of the dance numbers and stuff like that, which I know some people are like, well, how do you equate dancing to swinging a oh, lightsaber? Come on. But like that is a very physical. I mean, like essentially when you're doing stunt work with a lightsaber, you're learning a dance. It's a dance. It's a lot of spinning I, I, I'm and I'm telling you right now, you why know? do you think they call it fight choreography? It, yeah. It's because it, I've been, my, my stunt friend has tried to teach me a choreographed sword fight. I, I, I can't do it. I, I'm, a, I'm an idiot. It's just like I can't do a, a choreographed dance. It's just the brain doesn't retain that information. But it is. It's, a, it, it's always it's like, okay, we go one, two, three, four, step, two, three. I mean, that's yeah. how they fight. That is how any fight you see in a movie or in a TV show, that is how they practice it. They're just fucking professionals. And when that camera, you know, it's action, they just and make it look like it is an organically occurring uh, piece of action. Uh, so, yes, I, I mean, who cares? I, I just try to dance yourself, yeah. all right? <laughs> Especially you you men out there that, you know, look at other guys that try to dance or, or even a guy like myself that, hey, if I'm at a wedding, I'm going to fucking dance. I, I don't care if I'm super bombed or not. I'm going to get out there <laughs> and do something because m- music moves me. It, it, music out of any of the art forms can get me moving, can get me crying. I mean, the, the shit motivates me unlike any other type of, of art. But, but try to dance and not look like an asshole. It yeah. takes a lot of skill. It takes a lot of balance. So if, if you can dance your ass off, you for sure can fucking swing a lightsaber and do some jump kicks and some hammer punches and all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a very difficult thing to learn and given you know he and he knows how to do it so it's one less skill that he needs to learn in order to play the character yeah and you know that plus the fact that he already looks like ezra plus the fact that he's already in the disney family just makes this a very clear and cut choice for disney to to cast the character that way yeah and and just i mean looks age wise it would line up we gotta remember ezra is not gonna be some old ass dude no he's like in his Uh, 30s not even i mean if we lay if if he's the same age as the skywalkers which we finally figured out yeah so So he'd be 26 at the end of well actually not even from yeah from a new hope to rotj that's what five years if that, if yes. that, so I, I've call heard, him 20, I, 24. If that, because he would have been 18, 19 at a new hope. So yeah, 23. 
uh, early early 20s getting through Jedi and then if he does show up in the Mandalorian you, you know like okay maybe he is late 20s early 30s yeah uh, but if if it is the Ahsoka series and it's picking up right at the end of Jedi at that the prologue moment he would still be in his in his early 20s yeah, if it's, it's Rangers five, I mean five years so he would be 24 in ROTJ seven years post would put him 31 in the Mando so he would be right that, there early 30s. That's if he is. I, I, I still think his debut is 100% Ahsoka. Uh, if it's something where they bring him in and he becomes a character, then he could definitely bleed into Rangers. Yeah. Uh, and of course, he could bleed into Mando. But that could get touchy. Like if you have a, a Jedi like Ezra and we know a Jedi like Luke now exists in the Mandalorian with another tiny Jedi, then we start getting a little touchy with, okay, yeah. well... With all of these force users, right? In the why? Same why time period, okay, well, not why is interacting. Every, exactly. Why was everyone bitching about the Jedi being dead if they're all just fucking hanging out in all these new shows and yeah, stuff? So, yeah. uh, I, I I think Ezra will be reserved mostly for Ahsoka, mm-hmm. uh, but most definitely would be in any of those crossover events, be it movie crossover events, or they just show up for an episode or two and and, and dip out, just kind of like Ahsoka did in Mando. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that. I mean, the Ahsoka show is the clear, obvious front runner. But having having a character like Ezra Bridger in the universe in a persistent way is almost necessary if you if you look at the impact that he had, yeah. in in the time that he was shown in Rebels, like he was a huge player. And I, I mean, his Rebel cell and his all, final act on Lothal was what was what finally convinced Mon Mothma, the Bail Organas of the world, to. Let's band this fucking all these rebel cells together and create the rebel alliance, and let's finally take it to them. Yeah, it was what Reb- Ezra did on Lothal that convinced them that you know what we can do this. And what do we get by the Battle of Yavin? They're blowing up the fucking Death Star. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so he he's huge. He's huge within the Rebel Alliance. He would already have a legend within the Rebel Alliance. I mean, he was a name in the Rebel Alliance before Luke Skywalker was. Yeah. Um, not before Leia. Leia was doing it ever since she was a little kid. Like, she yeah, actually, she was like a preteen doing well, it. <laughs> well, she actually has an episode on Rebels where she directly works with Ezra yeah. to help them steal some ships from uh, from Alderaan to give to the rebel cells. But yeah, I mean, he, uh, he, he's huge. I mean, he would, he'd either be Rangers oriented, definitely Ahsoka oriented. And like I said, since Ahsoka throwing the Thrawn stuff in there, he could easily cross into, uh, the Mando timeline, but I would be all about, uh, Mina getting it. I, I think he checks a ton of boxes. Yeah. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll get to speculative, like other people who could play Ezra in our question of the week. Cause that's what it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, now that I've seen him, I can't think of anybody else playing it. But it's, him. it's, it's an uncanny resemblance. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, it, it's almost as if Filoni and his artists knew about this guy all those years ago and used him as the model. Yeah. And I don't want to sound like, I don't want to sound ignorant here, but like, I don't know of many other actors that fit the build, but that also fit the racial profile or ethnicity of Ezra. Yeah, because I, I, feel I mean, just like with Sabine, I don't think that you can cast a white actress to play Sabine because it, to, to me, Sabine was uh, like an Asian type of character. Yeah, yeah exactly. and Ezra would be Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern, yeah. And you know, I, I like 
Rahul Kohli, obviously, that one's been thrown around a lot because he basically was trying to fan cast himself as the character <laughs> hey, hey, for a while. It, it, it might have worked, or he he might have been uh, game or schooling us all along. And yeah. and he, you know, like you said, we'll save it for the fan segment. But I, I think Mina and and Rahul are are the one and two, if not swappable, for this character in live action. Yeah, I agree there. But so. honestly, I, I think Mina checks more of the boxes he's he's yeah. he's, he's got more of the build more the physical of the look. attributes yeah I, I mean uh rahul not to pick on him but you know he, he looked like he he's a little, little bit chubby heavy, a little heavier than ezra would be so yeah oh man yeah so uh lots of now lots they're of- shaming fat people these guys need cancer <laughs> hey man we're both a little fat too, so. <laughs> I'm I'm fat. I mean, my whole life is built around trying to keep my brain and body from wanting to be obese, because that's that's all it wants to do. I'm telling you right now, all the other stuff I like to dabble in, nothing makes me happier than eating the way I want to eat. I just can't do that, or I would be taking up the entire box in the live stream right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we would have to we would have to increase my my box would be tiny, and then Max would just, just at at, f- at five six two hundred thirty pounds is not a good look and it's not healthy yeah and, and i've 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 hit that level twice in my life i know i look a little uh, slim down these days but don't worry I, i've hit 230 twice on this little tiny compact squatty frame and it was not easy living yeah the and, heaviest uh, i've ever been was 195 it's it's like it's kind of like why i watch i like watching my 600 pound life because i can somewhat relate to their disorder and the fact that food is is everything, like it makes them feel the best. But I like yelling at them because it's like, no, no, you you look like this because you're you're lazy. Yeah, you've got mental problems you need to deal with that make you eat a lot, but you just don't do anything. I want to eat as much as you, but I don't look like that because I made a decision probably too early in life. Fourth grade is when I realized that I was not like my friends. I was fat. I was like, this is unacceptable. I don't like the way this makes me feel. I don't like being called fat. I don't like being called pudgy, husky, people grabbing my stomach. So I'm going to fucking do something about it. It took me almost 30 years to accomplish those goals. (laughs) And I I went off the wagon twice. I mean, when I graduated college, fuck, dude, 60 pounds in six months. 10 pounds a month working at a bakery, eating fucking cheese poofs right out of the tumbler, (laughs) donuts right right out of the grease bath, fresh hot dog. Do you people know how good hot dog buns taste when they come right out of the oven down the line. Oh my God. It's like eating cake. (laughs) So I did that. And then when I met my wife, when we were in that kind of, you know, when you, when you first meet someone that you, that you really love, it's, it's, it's great. You're, you're making out all the time. You're blowing each other all the time and you're also eating all the time. So that's, that's the second episode where I gained about 50 pounds in a short (laughs) amount of time and was waddling down the halls of the Michigan dairy. But anyways, it took a few bouts of intense hives to finally get my shit under control. Uh, but I still, every weekend, I, I, I struggle with going overboard. Maybe too many chips or one too many pieces of candy or one too many scoops of ice cream. It just, I, it's like, oh, I love it. I love to eat. It makes me feel alive. Yeah. But yeah, I've conquered it. You. And you can conquer it too, my 600-pound lifers. Just quit being lazy. <laughs> okay, so... We're I hope getting this towards the uh, the end of the show already here. Yeah, we're, we're moving along. I had a feeling today would be light, and I even I even dumped forty five minutes yeah, of 
tangential nonsense at the opening, <laughs> but uh, we're moving, which which is quite all right. We don't always have to do four hour shows. We I did a four hour last week. I'm quite fine doing a, a sub three hour this week. So it it is what it is. By the way, it's fucking free, my friends. You can cancel at any time. True. Uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, in terms of like Star Wars franchise topics, that's it. It was it was a pretty pretty dry week, but. In regards to those who like to collect Star Wars collectibles, we got some uh, pretty cool reveals to discuss. Uh, the first one being a, a straight-up tease. Uh, I'm hoping to get a, a little bit more information this week because I think, Nick, I think they're going to follow uh, the, the rollout that they did for the figure we're going to talk about next where they, they gave us the tease, just showed you like a cross-section of what the figure could look like. But then the week later, they dump the full details on you. And if you're like me, you're like, oh, my God, there goes another $500. I can't help myself. Check out, add the cart, see you later. But uh, <laughs> first up, we'll, we'll talk about the most recent te- tease. And it, it, hey, guess what? It's another Mandalorian figure from the Hot Toys. Hot Toys is not done yet convincing people like myself that it's normal to spend thousands of dollars to collect a complete wave of Barbie doll size figures for a Star Wars franchise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, 250 bucks. What, what does that make a dip? Nobody cares about $250. Oh, Nick, 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 <laughs> Nick. I, I tell you what, and anytime I go to sideshow and consider pre-ordering a new figure, I look at my open orders and it's up to 18 or 19 now. Oh and and my when I God. just, when you just think that at minimum, most of these are going to be 250 minimum, probably more. That actually hurts me. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> now, now you get it. Now you get it. Oh, I, f- I, 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 uh, I feel like a scumbag. Like, I, I feel like, what am I doing to my life? What am I doing to my family's life? Just think about all the money I could be losing in cryptocurrency or the stock market instead. Yeah. But I have it pre-committed to these Barbie dolls that are shipping out over the next two years. It's like, like if you do the math on that, that's actually like that. That like hurts my my soul. Yeah. I mean, what 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 is it? I mean, nearly five thousand dollars in pre-orders. If it's twenty, if it's nineteen figures at a minimum of two hundred and fifty bucks, it's probably over five thousand dollars. Yeah, just almost five grand. Yeah. So, and, and they're not all two fifty. Some are in the four hundred. So it's safe to Ugh. say I've got probably five to six thousand ass dollars committed to Star Wars Barbies, with a, a majority of them being <laughs> Mandalorian characters. Dude. Never did I think I, I knew when I went down the slippery slope of collecting hot toys, it would be dangerous. But never did I think I would allow myself to get into the, the the thing that got me in trouble with Pops and ultimately Black Series. And it's the the, the whole FOMO of, I got to have the whole wave. I got to have all the figures. Uh, but yeah, here we are. And now I'm essentially a down payment on a fucking vehicle out of money committed to the Star Wars Barbie. So... The next one I was about to reveal before I had to remind myself of the financial pain and financial troubles and (laughs) potentially future struggles I've gotten my family into. Uh, Well, they have now teased a Bo-Katan Kreese, one six scale Hot Toys figure. All we have is, you know, a cross section. We can see her arms and her chest, but we all know she's going to look amazing. 
We yeah. all know it's going to be a must pre-order. We all know Matt's uh, open orders will increase to 20 once the pre-orders are open. Dude. And it it's depressing, but exciting. That I is mean, the- if this is... <laughs> And that's the thing is like when you when you see a Hot Toys tease, you can't even pretend in your head like, oh, well, this one's it's probably not going to be that great because, yeah. you know, it's going to be great. Yeah. Like, you know, when you see this full figure, you're going to be like, holy shit, this is this looks fucking incredible. So it's I, I like, need to get I need to get to the point where, where like the one six shooters are at where they've been collecting these for years and, and they do have the ability to be like, ah, that Clone Wars mall. I think his face looks a little fucked up. That's why I'm not doing it. Like, they have that ability to create an issue that probably doesn't exist to prevent themselves from purchasing. Yeah, they can, uh, they can distance themselves because from I, it. And, and here's, here's what I mean. I, I bought the Solo Mall, and a lot of people, a lot of 1-6 Scales collectors are like, oh, that's a hard pass. He looks fucking stupid. I hate him. Guess yeah, what? he looks fat. I've been putting out mall shots and they've been getting great traction, amazing feedback. And, and a lot of people are like, holy shit, he looks really good. And I don't think that's a compliment to my photography skills. I think it's like, well, I missed this one because I, I convinced myself that it was going to be bad deep down knowing it wasn't. But I have I have to use some sort of tactic to prevent myself from becoming a Haywood pop and just <laughs> buying everything the, the moment they go up for pre-order. Oh, man. But, yeah, uh, yeah so Bo-Katan Kreese, uh, I, I, would, I would imagine if she follows the trajectory of uh, Neo Boba from last week, we'll probably get more details and glamour shots by the end of this week, so keep tuned to StarWarsTime.net or show up in our Discord because a lot of times these... Uh, the uh, international fans, they'll, they'll obviously get leads quicker than Nick and I waking up over here in the States, so they'll post some stuff in there. But uh, she's out there more than likely, I'm thinking 250, 260 range with a late, uh, mid to late 2022 release. Uh, and now for the pain. <laughs> for the pain. Here we go. And here he is. So just last week, Nick and I talked about the reveal of the Neo Fett figure. And at that yes. time, we thought it was just going to be the acid-washed, armor-wearing Fett from Season 2, Episode 6 of The Mandalorian. Pre-paint scandal, right? <laughs> Pre-paint scandal. But... They decided to uh, release some glamour shots on Facebook, I think last Friday or something like that. Uh, Sideshow opened up the ordering page, to, so we got all the details. And lo and behold, but what do we find out? They made it a deluxe set. And in the deluxe set, the only way you can get tunic robe-wearing fet is if you get the deluxe set. And uh, by the way, the deluxe set also comes with the armored fet. So you're getting two figures in one set. But you know what that means? Do you know what that means? It means you have to fork out 500 <laughs> big ones. Oh. That's to secure like, the deluxe Hot Toys 1-6 scale Boba Fett in both forms. So both like, of his costumes from episode six in one package cost you half a thou. Look, I, I love Taylor to death and we've been together for three years in March. I've never spent $500 <laughs> on a single gift for her. Like I've, I've, I've like bought multiple gifts to where like the total of all the gifts were around that price. 
but rub I've never it in. Make one, me feel worse. Go ahead. One single thing that's cost five hundred dollars. Get that. Like. Get that fucking salt out. Get get your big ass pound bag of salt and dump it on my oh. gaping wound, my friend. Because yes, my uh, this this was a a painful buy, but one that I I couldn't pass up. I mean, uh, we we got Jesse's in here, and he's like, I'm on it. He he DM me. He's like, Oh, dude, what do you think? Which version you're getting? I said, Deluxe or bust, motherfucker. Yeah, like, it's like, what, yeah. what do you mean? What what version am I getting? <laughs> because there there is going to be. We also learned. There's so you get the you can get the deluxe set, which is going to give you literally two figures of Boba Fett. Uh, the one comes with uh, Tem's very beautiful looking bald Boba Fett Dude, face. That face is perfect, like beyond. Oh, it looks. Perfect. Yeah, I, I guess I should pull up the the shots while we're talking about. But but look at that. I mean, it looks like a, a someone. Honey, I shrunk the Tamara, right? Like, like yeah. they fucking shrunk the guy and took pictures of him and said it was a toy. Yeah, that it's it's fucking disgusting how good that head sculpt is. And they even did what I asked them to do. They gave you the not the chain code, but they gave you like the wrist kind of hologram. Yes. Thing. No, Nick, the chain code hologram's there too. It's oh, just it not is? in the picture. Yes. Oh, uh, man. but that's what you get in the I'm just going to oh, go yeah. to the uh, the last shot. I where, see where the chain see, code hologram now. Oh man! <laughs> so you get you get the and this is only in the deluxe. You get the the full on non armored Boba Fett. Yeah. You get a busted stormtrooper helmet, and you get a Jango Fett hologram for his gauntlet. Yeah. Uh, or vanguards or whatever, a van brace. Van braces. Uh, yeah. You also get a gaffy stick, a a sand person rifle, and a just a, a pistol. Yeah. Uh, with the deluxe set, I mean that's what you get with the deluxe. In both sets, you'll you'll get his armor uh, that's all acid wash. You'll you'll get the the chain code effect. It looks like you get some rockets shooting out of his knee pads, a, a flamethrower effect, and then a a jetpack effect. Uh, but yeah, I mean, dude, you've you've said it. You, you know the 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 danger the dangerous situation I'm in at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all I can all I can say is that the way I justify it is through <laughs> it's. It, Sideshow with their, they call it layaway plans now. It's whatever. It's, it's, it's monthly payments. They, they trick you into thinking that it's okay to spend $5,000 on 20 of their products because it's not all at once. It's not like I have to write a $5,000 check. It's like every month, you know, oh, your, your flex pay was charged. Okay, well, there's a $50 charge. Who gives a shit? I spend $50 on a dinner every weekend for the family. That's just one less dinner for the family to eat. But when you take the, 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 the totality of it all, like you did, when I tell you I have 19 or 20 on pre-order yeah, and you do the you math. add them all together. And you really are. It's shocking. And you start to question your belief system. You start to question the universe. You start to question your own sanity. And you go like, what am I doing? What, what am I doing? But I guess it, it brings me some sort of joy or I would stop doing it, right? You know, man, if that's if that's what you get out of it, like if it does genuinely bring you happiness, then I am not going to argue against it. It's not like you're putting yourself into mounds of debt over it. You're very well off. You can afford it. So that in that case, I say 
do what makes you happy. It does. I mean, I, I know I get on here and I, I embellish how crazy I am. And I do. When, when I'm doing the toy photography and the fucking toy is not working with me, it, it does drive me nuts. And I wish I could kill them, even though they're an inanimate object. I really do wish I could inflict some sort of pain on them that they would feel. Because my God, I know they, they, they've fucked my day up more times than not. But when that box shows up and you take it out and you look at these things, it's, I'll probably get in trouble for this, but it's akin to seeing your newborn for the first time. Yeah. You're, you're like, my God, that is a piece oh, of art. Holding yeah, it like a little child. Exactly. Like I, I almost have little <laughs> ceremonies when they show up. I, I'll bring them downstairs. I, I unbox them real slowly. I take the plastic covering off. I pull out each accessory first. Then I remove the doll. I, I, I remove the plastic <laughs> from the doll's joints. I, I may smell it. I may get close to it and rub it on my face a bit. I, I may move its arms and have it talk to me like it's real. I love all that. And I love when they go into the glass shelf. Like I, I love, I really do appreciate looking at my shelves now. And my, my daughter, every night she's down here just looking at them in awe of like, wow, my dad has some really cool shit. Yeah. What she doesn't know is that I, I basically, when she was six, when she turned 16, I basically could have bought her a fucking car. So you mortgaged her future for <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> she does not know at this point in time that I've essentially, I could have bought her a car, a nice car when she's 16. You could have I, had her entire it, college paid exactly. for already. <laughs> and, and I probably could have paid for a good amount of her first couple years of tuition. Yeah. But instead, I choose to buy little Star Wars art pieces to look at and, and, and appreciate, I guess, and sometimes sit there and go, my God, dude, you've got a car's worth of product in your basement in yeah. little plastic Star Wars toys. Is there something wrong with you or are you just doing you? Right? Hey, man. I don't know. You're I just, just doing you. As long as you're not like getting them and then you get them and you would just immediately feel a pang of guilt or like, why did I do this? Then I would say no. continue. <laughs> no, the guilt is mostly why haven't I shot it yet? I need to shoot this to justify the price. Uh, but I never feel bad when they show up. When they show up, I feel like that's why I spent a lot of money on a, a piece of plastic that looks like something from Star Wars that makes me happy. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's all that matters then. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's a beautiful fucking figure, man. I mean, I, even me as a person who is not a a collector i look at this and i'm like damn dude this is like this is probably worth 500 dollars. like the well, level yeah, of detail it, it, it's like it's not even questionable you're getting two figures like i mean it's not just his head you're literally getting the figure two that has figures. the robes the figure that has the armor you get them both yep if you just go with the collector's edition you're just getting the armored version you don't get his head nothing none of that shit so what this is going to do and, and shitheads, I wouldn't do this. Maybe not. You never know what life could be like when this shows up. I might be, you know, selling semen and all sorts of other shit to make a buck. But I guarantee you people get this deluxe, open it, split it, and then fucking jack the price of the non-armored uh, Boba Fett up on eBay to ridiculous levels. Because you oh, can... Yeah. Sideshow and Hot Toys, they've made it clear. And and they could be bullshitting us. There may be a, a standard release down the road. But as of right now, they're like, no. The only way to get helmetless boba, robed boba, gaffy stick boba 
is ponying up the 490 <laughs> the deluxe for the, the deluxe. deluxe money and and like i said i mean people do this all the time people you know these deluxe sets they'll buy they'll break down the special shit to sell on ebay piecemeal and almost make back the money of the figure i've seen people do it with uh mezgo toys like the 112 collected which are like hundred dollar uh, six inch figures but a lot of soft goods and so they'll take the soft goods and sell them uh basically for the cost of the whole fucking figure but when people can't buy the figure and they may just want a head or a hand or a, a pair of pants or a Tamara Morrison face, they get crazy. They get crazy on that black market and, and, and overpay. So I, I have a feeling we'll be seeing in, in maybe, you know, summer of 22, fall of 22 on eBay, the, the armorless version of the Hot Toys Boba Fett from Mando going for upwards of five $600. Guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would not doubt that at all. Um, Immediately make your money back just by selling off Mr. Neo Boba with his pretty face and, right. and gaffy sticks. But uh, I'll, so. I'll be keeping them and I'll probably have to build an addition just to fit all the rest in. But I, I, I've, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to keep my, my glass shelves at, at, at five total units. And I, I think I can get that done because at this point, I got a, little, a lot of my little figures out there that don't necessarily deserve the prominent display spot. Yeah, uh, they'll, they'll eventually, once most of the Funko Pops are sold, they'll be moving into the unfinished side of Star Wars Time HQ, where the Lego sets go and, and shit like that. But boy, over the next two years, brother, 20 of these motherfuckers are coming to the Haywood household <laughs> and they have to be <laughs> photographed and then stuck into their little glass shelves uh, with the rest of their friends to become the true art pieces that they are. That's so crazy. I just opened <laughs> up the pre-order page. And I got the pop-up from Sideshow. It says 8,000 people are viewing this collectible. So yeah. clearly they're getting good response from yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, some of the other sites are like, oh, you better get on and pre-order quick before it sells out. I'm like, motherfucker, Hot Toys doesn't sell out. Yeah. <laughs> these these don't sell out. They'll, they'll take as many assholes like myself. They'll take those $500 until they run out of artists to make the, the, the sculpts. They're like, fuck it. Keep buying it. Yeah. The only way you, the only way you miss out on the hot toys if you don't pull the trigger when it's up for pre-order when it, yeah. or Before when it releases. It uh because a lot of these figures they're they're one-offs. Like they'll you got the pre-orders, you got regular re- release, you can you might be able to get in and still get one, but after that they go to waitlist and then they go to gone. Oof. Uh yeah. which I guess may help some of us in the end if we do need to resell because uh, there should be some value add for you know, people like Tones that might not get the deluxe version. He may want the the uh, helmetless version at some point in time, and we can work him over for some poundage, right? We'll get it. We'll get him for fifty pounds, um, which is probably like ten dollars. I, I forget the <laughs> I forget yeah, the, uh, the the conversion the exchange rate. Uh, who knows? <laughs> uh, but uh, anyways, deluxe boba, which is two bobas, is up now over at Sideshow four ninety. With a uh, hopeful release between April and June of 2022. And yes, mine is already on pre-order. And I think this helped me to make up my mind. I'm not going to do it. I am not getting the tank commander from Rogue One from Hot Toys. There you go. <laughs> See, I do, I do have See? the ability to say no. There you go. You've already taken a step in the and, right well, direction. Nick, I also <laughs> did not get the Death Watch Mando from the uh, Hot Toys line for Mandalorian either. Okay. So I, I don't have the full wave, but let's say... Luba Fett, you mean? 
That was yeah, the name that we gave exactly. Blue Buffet. Yeah, Blue Buffet. <laughs> But it, it's gotten bad. Uh, my advice out there, people, if you know yourself and you know collecting hot toys could be dangerous, don't do it. Don't do it. It happens to the best of us. Tones right now. I mean, I, I've been following his hot toys journey. Same thing. He didn't dabble in it. Some shit happened in, in real life where, he, you know, he had a little more fun money to himself, started dabbling in it. And now I think he's upwards of 10 to 12 ordered and probably more on the way. It's just like once you once you pop, you can't stop. They are the Pringles of Star Wars collectibles. Very expensive Pringles. <laughs> Damn straight, buddy. You just keep marketing down there and don't get into any of this and you'll be able to retire young. Trust me, I'll I'll still be working at 65 and Nick will be retired in his 40s. Uh, that's probably not <laughs> because he's not buying these fucking toys every year <laughs> uh. oh shit all right so that moves us out of the the toy section and the collecting section of the show and that moves us into the fan section Woo-hoo! for this week and this week we're we're kicking it off with the newly shortened question of the week uh it's nice to not have to read 15 responses hey, every dude, week. you you would have loved it this week i i can't figure out the timing for question of the week a, a lot of people jumped on me because i was releasing it tuesday mornings you, but you did it last night i saw it pop up i, I did it last night went nowhere like the, the, we 10 we, responses we struggled stri- I, i'm gonna say it right now i struggled to pick five that they, they were pretty weak and there was just none to go from yeah, there's not a lot of responses here, so <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because we put this out after the rumor came out in the article, they were like, well, it's already cast anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I will I, say that just coming up with the question, like coming up with the question every week is difficult. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I think we I mean, Nick, for- Nick was like, fuck this shit. I'm just not going to do it. This dumbass will, will start <laughs> doing it because I'm not doing it. So now I'm doing it and he's not wrong. But what I've been trying to do is angle the question to reflect one of our topics. I'm at yeah. least trying to keep some Relevance sort of cohesive there. flow of the show. Yeah. Instead and of just, just saying, like, hey, what was your favorite outfit that Princess Leia wore? It's yeah. Like, okay. How, how does <laughs> yeah. that relate to anything? Yeah, it's 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 interesting. So but. I did. I, I asked, "Who's your ideal live action Ezra Bridger actor?" It, I think I, I think I dumped it during it was like maybe ten or eleven East. Probably not the best window for the shitty Instagram uh, algorithm, but I, I just don't think anyone saw it. So yeah, so uh, you definitely got, got your your wish at, at minimal <laughs> responses. This week. There, we, there we go. We got our five responses this week, and the first one up is from Klondike. Uh, our good buddy, who's usually in the chat, I don't know if he's here today, I hadn't seen his name pop hey up. Hey now, but, yeah. But uh, he threw out, he says, I'm voting for Shia LaBeouf. And uh, given the recent accusations against Shia, I don't think that he's going to be getting work for a while. Apparently he's a very abusive person. Um, but I- I'm going with Klondike as, as probably being slightly smart ass yeah he's definitely but, being but yeah, i also think here. it's something from the stern universe because I, I know klondike's a big uh, stern show fan like myself and i believe last week when they were live uh, shia came up uh, when they're talking about uh, actors and, and roles and this that and the other thing so i'm thinking that that could be the tie Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I mean, let's be real. Shia may be a shitty guy in real life, but he actually is a pretty damn good actor. 
Yes. Um, yeah. Even a, a creator, because I think he's, uh, I don't know if he's written or directed, but I think he's had more he than just that acting. Movie, Peanut okay. Butter Falcon, right? Like he wrote that or something he, like that. I think he, he played a part in making that movie. Yeah, and, and that's the one with the, like the, the special Mentally guy, right? Kid. Yeah, guy, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I think Klondike's fucking around, but I mean, outside of him p- allegedly being a, a scumbag to women, Shia was a pretty good child actor that turned into a, a, a decent actor and then just kind of fucked it all up like yeah. some people do. <laughs> yeah, it's transitioning from child actor to yeah. hu- like, you know, human Tra- adult actor is hard. <laughs> Transformers fucked him up. And I, I liked him in Transformers. I thought he was a fun Sam Witwicky, but it, it seems like that franchise fucked him up. Yeah. Like, I don't know if just working with Michael Moore or what is Bay. Bay, Bay Ham. Yeah. Yeah. Bay really fucked him over. It seemed like it did because after that, he really did. Yeah. Kind he, of- he kind of fell off the face of the earth and went nuts. Yeah. And it, yeah. you have all those memes of him like in front of the green screen, like, oh, uh, so nice, nice try, Klondike. We, we still speak your name, though. And four inches is always fine. All right. <laughs> there we go. Uh, let, let me do Impala Austin's here. I'm going to try to throw the accent on here. So uh, Impala, big Amish who, you know, he, he he got in there this week, mostly because I thought it was uh, slightly funny. But like I said, no one else replied. So uh, <laughs> we, we got to take what we can get. But he says, all right, OK, let's be real. I think we're all in agreement when I say there's only one option. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Sabine, get to the Star Destroyer. Do it now. Do it. Do it. Get to the Star Destroyer. All right. So oh, there you man. go. It's. <laughs> I don't like. Now that you say that, I would like to. I'm trying to think of like who Schwarzenegger could play in Star Wars. And the only person that I could think of is like uh, Savage Opress. Because yeah, Savage that- was like fucking jacked he was huge but well, like I, he also didn't speak like Arnold right speaks. right <laughs> I, I still I, I even think old somewhat he looks like he's dead arnold and i love arnold i mean arnold is the fucking man yeah i i just love the guy i, I mean he was my uh, a lot of us that grew up in the 80s he he's our our action guy i know the rock yeah. kind of has taken that man on i'm a big fan of the rock too speaking of the rock young rock if you like the rock fucking great little sitcom Really, uh, I haven't yeah. watched it. I am uh, I was a huge fan. I mean, I'm a I'm a big rock guy, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I like that show. But anyways, I mean, I I love Arnold, and I think he would be funny in Star Wars, playing like a like a senator or, or, or a gangster of some sort. Like, ah, yeah. look at you, you puny bitch. You know, shit like I think that. He, <laughs> like, yeah, a crime lord or something like yeah. that. I think that would like be a really hut, fun. like a like a hut, but not a not a slug, but that but yeah. that type of character. I think that would be cool. Yeah, I think he could pull that off really it's well. It's not a tumor. <laughs> but yeah, that's, um, that's a good one there in Paul House. I, I threw it in there. Sub B. Well done. Well done. Get to the Star Destroyer. Do it now. <laughs> All right. Next up, Flyboy1138. So, uh, Tones, they stole your numbers. And I, yes, I know that is a Star Wars reference. I'm just putting it out there. THX. Uh, Ra- Rami Malik. He says, throw some facial hair on that dude, and boom, you got old Ezra. For those of you who don't know, Rami Malik, Rami Malik is the guy who is Mr. Robot, if you ever watch the show. And he played Freddie Mercury in the uh, the Queen movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's an Oscar winner at this point. Yeah, right? he, he's he won an Oscar or uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. 
Um, I mean, he's, he's going to be the um, well, he would have been the Bond villain if it came out last year, but he yes. is the, he is the current Bond villain if it ever comes out. Right. I mean, Rami Malek is actually a, a really good pull because if you look at him, he is he actually does have features that are similar. Oh, to yeah. Ezra. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, he is another uh, like Middle Eastern descent actor that fits in, you know, fits along with the the, the character of Ezra. Um, and obviously the dude's a stellar performer. Of course, of course. I mean, you know, um, I don't know if he has, I don't know if he necessarily has the physicality necessary to play a character like Ezra. I mean, I'm sure he could. That's the thing is like, we've never seen him play a role like that before. Uh, the closest you get is Freddy, but Freddy is very different. Like, you know, the, the, the type of physicality required to play Freddy is different than you would need to play. Yeah, I mean, that that was probably more diaphragm work, dance, yeah. dancing type. He was of also moves. very gaunt. Like he was very skinny. Yeah, very lose, thin losing the weight, of yeah. course. Um, but that's act that's a really good pull because Rami Malik is a fantastic actor. Um next up, Meme Fett says Rahu Kohli, of course, but the guy from Aladdin wouldn't be bad either. I think Rahu would be the best though. So he's he's basically Raul Kohli or Mina Masood. And I mean, I I it's hard because I've never really like I only know Rahul Kohli as like a internet personality. Like he's built up a huge following on the internet. I've never really seen his work on TV. I know he had a long run on the show iZombie, and then also he just recently had the haunting of Bly Manor on on Netflix. Netflix. I've never yeah, I've never seen that, that Nick, that that's an actual franchise that every season it kind of tells a different story, right? Like yeah. I think it was The Haunting of Hill House first and then The Haunting of Bly Manor was yeah. the one he was in. Yeah. So, I've I've never seen his work on either of those shows, but based off of Raul's obvious love of the Star Wars franchise because if you follow him on Twitter, you know, you know that he has a a great reverence for this for the franchise. And the fact that he he essentially lobbied for himself becoming right. the character so it, hard. His, I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say Rosario lobbied, but once fans started putting it out there, she definitely was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, I'll get on this type of shit." Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, his, his path would be more similar to Rosario's, where I think Mina's would be just a straight cast. Yeah, they, know, they would a, just a, a typical casting move. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, the, the more I think about it, I I would love to have a guy that has the passion and, and the knowledge of the character like a Rahul does. Yeah, uh, just just I mean, look what Katie did with with Bo. Obviously, she had the the history with the character, and, and it showed on screen. Uh, not saying that Mina couldn't bring bring the the feels, but it. it, it it's like, hey, if you got two guys and it's literally a flip of the coin, like we're the casting director right now. Yeah. I would probably go with the guy that has shown through his own personal life his love and dedication to the franchise. Yeah, because he would bring, I mean, it has to, like they're both professional actors, so exactly. it's not like one of them it, would try harder than the thank other. Thank you. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's just, like their their own person would be more weaved into the character versus yes. just acting is what I'm, yeah. I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I agree with you there. I, I think that it would be a more of a personal 
feat of of accomplishment for them to be able to do it. So yeah, we, there's uh, a lot of Rahul Cooley's uh, Blainer things dropped the Rahul Cooley yeah, he, in there. He, he uh, Rahul in there as well. And, and, and like I said, I mean between between him and Mina, I, I really do think it's 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 coin flipping. Each has a lot of pros and not very many cons at all. Yeah, uh, but I, I it just feels like from his lobbying on social media, his his trolling, if you will, it, it feels like he is slightly more in tuned with the Star Wars universe, the fandom. But maybe you could also make the argument that that'd be good that maybe Mina is a little more disconnected. Maybe he would be bringing in a new type of uh, spin or a take yeah. uh, that, that could open up different possibilities for the character. But th- these two guys are, would definitely be my preference. Yeah, I think they're definitely the front runners. So um, next up, I don't know who this is from. I don't know if you can uh, tell it's, it's Ripic. It's Ripic Tan or Ripic Tin, something like that. Gotcha. Okay. Ripic Tin, Ripic Tan says... I like the two actors recently rumored who are Rahul and Mina. Um, I'll have to look up the voice actor. Is it a definite no for him, you think? So the voice actor for Ezra is Taylor Gray. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just a, like a white guy, right? He's, he almost looks more like like a, a bit Native American. I don't know if it's okay. like... I. <laughs> He, he doesn't, doesn't have he doesn't have the Ezra look is what he did he does not look like Ezra. I mean, like I'm Googling him now and there there are a lot of like comparison images between him and Ezra. And if you gussied him up the right way, I guess he would look similar. Like his skin tone is a little bit lighter um than than Ezra's is. Um I mean I, I think it could be done if that's the direction that you want to take it in. I, here's the deal. I, I think they'll, they'll take the same approach that they did with Ashley. And it's not to discount Ashley's Ahsoka. She is Ahsoka. Yeah. But Ashley, I do not believe, was a live action actress. I don't even yeah, know she, she was a voice actress when she stumbled into the role. But I, I think she was predominantly voice, uh, which is different than being an actor. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a whole different deal. So I, I think the reason Katie they were able to make that 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 connection like hey fuck it why let's just go with the voice actress she is a traditional stage actress but you know multiple camera actress movie tv show yeah, yeah. She, she knows the that that side of acting where so voice actors probably don't get into the the physical side uh, of acting outside of making their movements to kind of recreate the uh, the inflections that they feel the characters would be doing for a particular scene. Yeah. So I just linked you a picture of Taylor Gray um so you could bring it up, but I think his his work has primarily been like it's smaller stuff. I believe he he has had some live action roles but very limited. Um, he's mostly voice acting as of now. Um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, he's got a lot of credits, but it's a lot of like, he was in this TV series as, you know, unnamed character or he right. was, or he played Ezra Bridger in a lot of like, um, you know, voice stuff like for either video games or TV shows or something like that. Uh, forces of destiny he was like the voice of ezra obviously so he, he he doesn't have a very large 
uh, breadth of work behind him, and most of what he's done is is voice acting. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. I would love to have this kid's career. I mean, I, I, anything Star Wars official, I would yeah. <laughs> I would sell out to do it. I would do it. I, I would leave my family here, leave them on their own, move away, and get involved. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I just I don't think Taylor Gray you know, is a, a direct connection like Katie Sackoff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I look at him, I, I, I don't necessarily see Ezra, but I hear Ezra for sure. Cause I actually, one of my last cool things I got to do as, as media was the 2017 star Wars celebration. The, the TLJ one. Yeah. Uh, we actually got a media invite to the rebels panel. So we got to go in first, get good seats, but then we actually got to go to the, I guess, what would you call it? Like the press huddle or a scrum? Yeah, the scrum. Where they lined up uh, Taylor, all the other voice actors, Dave himself in the fucking hat, like same room, few, <laughs> few tables away, Nick. And we just got to sit there and, and fucking, you know, raise your hand like, oh, you from blah, blah, blah. All right, I'll ask my question. You from blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, you know, so I have that. I've matched his his face to Ezra's voice even in real life because, I mean, obviously it's his voice. He sounds just fucking like the kid, just like the Sabine voice actress sounded like her and, and, and down the line, Freddie, all that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think Ezra is a character in live action that is primed to be recasted differently than his voice actor yeah i i agree with that i agree with that and you know will there be a bit of you know cognitive dissonance that needs to happen just like you did with ahsoka like obviously the voice is not the same but if the the acting performance is up to snuff then i think i yeah i mean i I know some people i'm not gonna shit on it's their opinions but you know even blaine was like oh as soon as i saw ahsoka i was taken out of you i I don't know i i that didn't happen for me i yeah i saw ahsoka as rosario and i was like fuck yeah they did it and damn this is fucking awesome that that's all i was thinking about i wasn't necessarily like oh my god or her head tails are fucked i fucking (laughs) hate her and i hate the mandalorian i'm turning it off or her voice i mean i actually thought her she sounded like ahsoka to me so yeah older uh, so i'm all for it but i'm a big dummy i'm not an artist anyways i just i just like getting stuff that makes me go wow this is fucking cool yeah so all right so that's the end of the fan question of the week segment thank you for everybody who answered all 10 of you uh, hopefully next time we have something that stimulates more response, <laughs> I guess, because I don't know. We, we have no beat on what works and what doesn't work for that now. So I, I, uh, Nick, I, I really think it is, it, it's, it's algorithm based. It's, yeah. it, I do think if I release them Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. East, they get out in front of people in America more than they would if I release them at night. Uh, but you never know. I, I thought we had hardcore fans that paid attention to our page and, and liked a lot of our stuff, which means it should show up in their feed whenever they open the app. But clearly that's not the case. Uh, yeah. they, they, they've, left, <laughs> they've left us in the dust. They've all, they've all canceled us over whatever dumb opinions we've They're said. They're listening to Gina Carano's <laughs> new Star Wars podcast there you over go. ours. <laughs> her, her and Ben, the, the, yeah. woe, the woe is me show. Yeah. Woe is me time. <laughs> all right so let's move into the fan yeah, segment for this week the top five star wars fan artist features of the week and this week is our fan shot breakdown so we got two shots to Uh-oh. break down and one of those listeners is in the chat now i believe so 
Hopefully, Tones no, no, can Nick, stick I around. Haven't, I haven't seen the shot. I mean, am I going to have to fuck Tones up? Or I think you're just going to have to rip him a new asshole. <laughs> it's, it's just Tones may leave and uh, never come back after no, that's That's not the point. It's, it's, uh, it's tough love. No, no, there, yeah, there, so. There's angry Greg in here. Hey, Greg, keep being angry, buddy. It's, it's, it's <laughs> maybe really... a crap question. You know what? Maybe yeah. it was a crap question. Maybe it was. Um, so this week in the top five, we're kicking off with at frail vampire, Ooh, which is I a think, first time feature. I think I just shared this on Monday. So this a is one a, in a hot one. off the press. This is, this is hot off the presses. So this is a, this might be a first time feature for Matt and then a first time top fiver. But this, this, to me, I looked at this shot. I was like, man, this almost feels like a, uh, like an Imperial grunt type of shot. So what we see is. We have three uh, Imperial Troopers, two Mud Troopers, one Stormtrooper in the shit. They're in the ditch. You can oh, yeah. see that it's that you it, know it's trench warfare. Yeah. I mean, this is as Mimban as it gets. Exactly. They're all covered in mud. And the thing that's really interesting to me about this shot is like you can almost that that trooper in the front, that foreground trooper, you can almost feel the exhaustion and the emotion that he's putting out, just like the pure Oh yeah, beaded like he's just beat down. It's a fuck my life type of pose. Yeah, and that it's really like sometimes it's really hard to elicit that type of emotion from a figure, from a static figure. But frail vampire was really able to capture that sense in this shot, and then you could see his buddies behind him just kind of fucking trudging along. There was probably an explosion that just happened behind him because you can see like some particulate effect there in the background going off. Um, and this, yeah, they're just trudging through this wet, disgusting fucking land. And like it, this shot to me, Nick, it, it had a very lifelike quality to it. Yeah. Yes. You, you know what I mean? Like it just, it feels real. I mean, it, they feel like real characters. It, it, this could be a still from the set of solo. Uh, it, it just, it just really, it, it had a lifelike quality i know i just keep repeating the same thing and i think that was the, the atmosphere the, the environment having that that dugout trench and, and again just that that pose that that beat down dilapidated war is hell type of of look and that, that's really the the entire feel of this image is war is hell war is yeah yeah i it definitely comes across hard jesse what do you mean we mean you're not not tagging anymore you're like me you don't even fucking put up shots anymore it's okay you you and i we we've almost retired as toy photographers at at the pace you and i share new shots so jesse so stop it you made enough top fives when you were, you know, when you were posting regularly that you're, you may have enough for one a year. I mean, one every day of the yes, year at this point. You're, you're <laughs> always a, a Star Wars time show legend. We speak yeah, your name. You, you know, you went away for a year or so to to build your toy dioramas. He, he started. Yeah, he started. He was a builder now. He he up leveled himself to, yeah, to not only photographer, but builder. Now you're like me. You just barely post anything and, and still get mixed up in the community and look at people's stories so it's okay hey, I, I get that life that. I'm, I'm living that same toy photography life right now there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> all right next up in the top five so that was at frail vampire yes r-a-i-l vampire on instagram so very good job very beautiful work there from frail vampire next up we have balance uh, hold on real quick okay. we need to like one of these days i tell you what jesse <laughs> he can do a hell of a british accent 
Well, why isn't he on the show yet? Wasn't like he pre-lockdown, <laughs> he, we were lined up to have Jesse on the show, and then all of a sudden yeah. that just didn't happen. Yeah, the lockdown fucked everything up. But so we need to. So Jesse, get in touch with our PR guy. His name's Spencer. <laughs> I love. I love that we have a PR guy. Yeah. Get in speaking touch with speaking our- of the PR guy, we we got to give him a, a round of applause. I mean, he is hustling his butt. He, he There's some times where I want to be like Spencer. Fucking slow the fuck down. Just stop, man. Like. You make me nervous. Like you're actually booking real guests and shit now. So it's <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, as a tease, and and who knows if it'll happen. But uh, in the next week or two, we may have an actual Star Wars actor on the show. Yes, from the the prequel era. Yeah, no, Mr. I saw that. I was like, Mr. Oh. Silas Carson. So uh, hopefully that comes through. I mean, he he played a lot of bit roles. A lot of, I mean, you, you have to argue for that era iconic roles. Newt. Right, Kiati Mundi. Yeah, Kiati Mundi. I mean, that's uh, the big one that everybody. I, I'm would pretty play sure that. he's the guy at the beginning in the ship that gets blown up on on the on the uh, droid control ship. So, uh, yeah, that'll be neat. But no, I mean, <laughs> Jesse sent me a. Um, uh, just sometimes we chat through Instagram, and he'll—I don't know if he's driving or something—and he'll send voice messages. He was doing a British accent, and it was fucking great. Like he does a great british accent it doesn't come off as the traditional american trying to do it like that that hack nights the, the hackney stuff or that yeah what are you doing mate you know that type of shit like <laughs> so yeah no if, once once he's on the show once we finally <laughs> get him away from his busy schedule and on the show then he can we'll let him do british accent <laughs> We're just having fun, Goat One. Don't worry about it. It's good to see you in the live stream. So, all right, back yeah. back to the all top right. five, Nick. You were just about to introduce at balance underscore in underscore the underscore toys. No more underscores. No more underscores after that. And yeah. This shot is a it's a fantastic Rogue One inspired shot. So we get uh, a an armor. Well, not really armor clad. But you get a I guess a scarf clad Jin Erso in the foreground. With her pistol drawn, and then in the background, you also see K2SO, and you see Cassie in there too. And they're—I don't know where they are. It looks like they're like they're in a debris field after some sort of you know devastating explosion or something like that. It doesn't look like Jetta, but it, yeah, I mean, it's, it, just, it's, it's a really it's, cool. Yeah, it's not—it's not necessarily a, a scene recreation shot from Rogue One. It's just—it's—it's yeah. it's the mains. You got like Nick said, Jin is your foreground subject and in the back you got uh her buddy k2 and her lover cassian uh but but what stands out here nick is i'm pretty sure this gin has been customized uh the the hood up there it's soft goods that's definitely a yeah a touch that bounce in the toys added and i'd wager bounce in the toys either bought a different head sculpt or or painted the gin head because Jin was still released before the photo reel technology from Hasbro. And, you know, she, like a lot of those Black Series figures before that tech, looked like she huffed a little too much paint as a child. <laughs> uh, not as bad as Derpy One Kenobi from yeah, the that- Black Series Revenge of the Sith figure, but she still looked a little off. You yeah. know, like something was wrong. Yeah, and I mean, this one, like you said, I don't know if this was a, a fully custom job by Balance on the Toys or if this was uh, a, a head sculpt bought off of, you know, a customizer, but it does. Right. It looks really good. It's a really good representation of Jen. Um, he says he repainted the head completely along with the blaster and the uh, the Tonfa. 
Okay, was that on his post then? He yes, that's on his post. Right. So um, that's the Black Series figure, and then he completely did a repaint. Yeah, that. Th- see that, and, and I know you don't give a shit about this stuff, but remember, she was up for voting in the archive re-release where she would have got a better face, but for some reason the community is like, no, let's pick a fucking let's pick a trooper. storm trooper, yeah, that, or a, a clone trooper, which with just the helmet. I mean, I get that choice too because Cody would have been ones that, that was released. Uh, I don't this. We were talking about this during the interview with Bud Futu, but. You know, Black Series came out, I think, 1415. They're all black boxes with either a blue or an orange stripe. Yeah. Uh, then they kind of stopped, and then they, they, they made a resurgence with these newer boxes. But if you didn't get in on those first two waves or so, I was, when I first decided, like, hey, fuck Funko Pops, I'm going to start doing this Star Wars shit that I see people like everything Kylo doing. And I, I start to go to look for them, and I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I... Some of these figures, and, and they looked wonky as shit, were going for 50 to $100 on, on eBay. Wow. So, and, and Jen is still in that condition where she's not the best looking Black Series figure. She would have made a great archive re-release with the fresh paint, but hey, we got Cody again, so. Yeah, there we go. All right, so that's at Balancing the Toys on IG. Excellent shot. Excellent customization job done on the on the gin face as well. Um, yeah, beautiful work. Uh, right. For for the li- the peanut gallery, we we typically do the the fan critiques every third show. Uh, the schedule seems to be we're doing a fan critique this week, so next mm-hmm. week will probably be a, a Matt a Matt shit or just a yeah. regular. It's a mat that that'll be a mat breakdown, and, yeah, then, and then we'll go top mat one. top one, and then back to a fan critique. Yeah, so it's about once a every, month, every yeah, three, every three weeks. Yeah, so keep an eye out that way. And then, previously- oh, Bat, Bat's given us here. Apparently, the Rogue One figures are getting a refresh. Nice, nice. Apparently, so there's there's. That's the other uh, conundrum we run into. Us assholes that bought the first version that looked like they huff paint their whole life. And then they come out and release the newer versions and you go, do I need to buy another one? And sadly for me, a lot of the times it's yes, even though I know it should be no. Yes. <laughs> there you go. All right. Next up is... Uh, just again, at balance in the toys, because I know we, we kind of yeah, went on some it. tangents with his shot, but great shot. Give him a follow at balance in the toys. Oh. If you search, you should be able to find it even without yeah, all the fucking underscores. The underscores in there, so don't worry about that. Oh, I love I love this next one, dude. Yeah, yeah, this one is from, so the the name is long, so the it's at Liam Meredith Toy Photography 2. And that's because the poor kid, I think he's a younger uh, photographer. I don't know if he's as young as our young Liam, who he, he's he's grown on the bigger and better things. I mean, that, that kid exploded on TikTok, by the way. I, I don't know wow. how many of you that aren't in our Discord or or, or stay on top of uh, on top of the, the the trials and tribulations of young Liam of the Star Wars Time Show fan base. But last time I looked, dude was like pushing a hundred thousand subs yeah. over on TikTok. He's got ninety nine thousand. Yeah, followers. look at that! What a what a guy! I mean, he's the one. Like, hey, I'm telling you, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. He finally got it to pop over there. So good for him. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know they're, I they're like sending him water bottles and shit now with his name on it. So <laughs> uh, that's yeah. awesome, man. I'm glad that that he's found success on the. Fucking, yeah, I'm 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 happy TikTok. for him. But I do sometimes get these two mixed up because of Liam thing. But this Liam actually had his account compromised, so he had to reboot. Oh, 
Yeah, that's some the, some the, fuck the, off. I don't know if it was like fuck offs going and and falsely reporting him, or someone got in and and wiped him. But that's why he's had the restart, and I think it. You know, he still has not quite regained what he had before. Yeah, yeah. he's only at four eighty eight, and I know he was in the thousands on his original. Yeah, that's that's tough. I mean, that really sucks. So for those of you who didn't know that and who were following Liam before, please go follow his new account. It's Liam Meredith Toy Photography Two on instagram but this shot here so this is a really like this one really kind of stood out to me in this week's bunch because it's a it's a very mystical calming shot of hobo yoda i I was gonna say i hope he says hobo yoda because if he doesn't (laughs) i will yes this is hobo yoda so this is dagobah yoda uh from the original trilogy hoda hoda yes and what we see is he's just standing on a rock probably in the bog yeah, and he's you know eyes closed, holding on to his cane with one hand, and then his other hand is outstretched, and you just see uh, probably what's either like fireflies, yeah, that are kind say, of gathering it's, around it's, his his outstretched, or, or hand. you know some sort of you know the the force manifesting itself in, in light form. But it is it, it's like he's he's in a Yoda meditation, and, and yes. the force is kind of levitating around him. He's as Nick said, maybe he's he's. He's got these fireflies kind of wrapped up in his his force aura. It's just a it's a fantastic hobo Yoda shot. I mean, that that that, this is what I envisioned hobo Yoda was doing on Dagobah uh, in between waiting for dumbass Luke to show up so he could yell at him and and trick him and make him feel like shit. Constantly in tune with the force, trying to, you know, speaking to Qui-Gon enhancing there, there his, you go you know, i mean th- this could be him reaching out and getting a lesson from qui-gon on how to become a force ghost exactly exactly so i i really do i i love this shot it's a fantastic representation of yoda at this point in his life so um beautiful work by at liam meredith toy photography it, it is funny nick because this to, figure this is the one that, that came with the 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 luke dagobah training pack Oh uh, yeah, he actually fits in the backpack and everything. But he he is actually a super tiny version of Yoda. If you line this Yoda <laughs> up to the other Black Series Yoda, it, it's like they're not even the same person. Really? It's so like- that, that that even adds to like just the knowing how small it was. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, just I I hate to say this, but he he looks like a cute little Grandmaster Jedi. Yeah, that <laughs> that's exactly cute, cute little hobo perfect Yoda. Description. <laughs> perfect description. So there you go. We just All need right. the toy Darian now to stick a big spliff in his mouth and that, that would that would seal the shot, right? Like he's just blowing out a... Yeah, yeah, there you go. So um, excellent job there. 420 it is. Yeah. <laughs> I almost put... There was that shot of of Luke and Yoda smoke, smoking a spliff, but I had just featured yeah, the Yeah, see, I knew, I knew, I, I, knew I, I put you that put one it, out this week. You put it up, <laughs> but I had literally, like, <laughs> literally last week... The, the artist had already made it so kind but it is <laughs> um all right so there you go so uh number four this week is at capes and rifles oh, yeah. and i think like for somebody who's as prominent in the in the community as capes and rifles i think this may be the first time that we featured them i i do too i mean capes is a big big time one six scale guy he did i don't know if they still do their show i i think they do it occasionally the one six pack yeah, the one six pack with Trevor and and Tom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this is bad. I mean, Capes and Rifles. I mean, he's someone that I I look to because he's perfected the Hot Toys portrait, portrait scene. Shot. Yeah. Uh, just great lighting, 
solid poses and just very crisp and clean shots. Yeah. And I think that's like what you mentioned first, the lighting is really what sold this shot to me. It's because you get that really warm orange lighting and the way that he's got it positioned, you get this great helmet shot of, of Din. So what we're seeing is Mando here kind of, he's not really facing the camera. He's, you know, his body is kind of facing off to the right of the frame, but then he's got his head towards turn the, uh, turn towards the camera. And you get this incredible, like, Half of the mask is the orange, very warm glow of the light, and then half of it is kind of the shadowed Mando helmet. Um, and it's just very, like you said, it's very crisp, very clean. Um, great capture of Mando in a portrait form. Um, almost looks like a, you know, like a shot of the real person, not a figure. Um, so, yeah, I just yeah, thought it was a really clean shot. Like I said, I mean, this is my scene. I, I, I appreciate other portrait-style photographers. I'm fine just settling into that genre it, it, it keeps me somewhat sane i will say I, i've missed the past two weeks uh, last week it was father couldn't come down so obviously had to be a dad yeah uh a week before that it's just i i'm fairly busy in my real life running the a capstone for graduates uh, but i hope to get back to it this week because i i have found that if i just you know you're not this guy you're not this girl you're not this artist you're just dumbass Haywood pop and that's okay it, it does make the hobby much more enjoyable and i found that i'm i'm getting some decent traction and feedback on my recent work especially the mall i, I feel like mall and i have something together here yeah you, you guys have a like a kismet because you yeah one of your recent mall shots crossed a thousand mark yeah and it's, it's a basic shot he's just fucking sitting on a seat in front of that ambiquitous diorama off. yeah and he, he looks kind of goofy his eyes are like uh, <laughs> last night's mall did okay uh, but that, I don't know. It, I'm, I've I've gotten over trying to do shit that I'm not that great at, and just trying to perfect things that I know I can sort of do with my half-ass artist brain. Uh, but I, I want to get back. I, I'm, I've been I've been feeling it. It's been two weeks. I, I hope to throw some up. Uh, I'll be getting back to the 112 or so. Unlike Capes and Rifles, one uh, six beauty we're looking at here. It's time to break out the little ones, which has me slightly nervous because they're they're the ones that tend to lead me down the uh the dark side path <laughs> the dark path. Yeah, where you know it's, it ends up screaming and yelling and shit gets where the punched. anger leads to hate oh fuck <laughs> I, i'll tell you what i'll tell you guys something and i'm an asshole for getting it but I, I i've loved the previous thanos figures from uh sh figure arts nick sh figure arts they're the same people that made crate luke that i yeah, uh, <laughs> mutilated last summer by yes. throw, throwing him off my my porch wall because his fucking hand wouldn't go in yes, uh, as I fast as I wanted it to. So, anyways, I, I I I had to get their their most their most recent and last version of Thanos from Endgame, and it's basically the version of him at the end. His armor's kind of beat the fuck up. He's sitting on that pipe talking shit to the big three. I'm like, I, I got to get it. I got the other two. It looks fantastic. Even though it's figure art, sometimes they get me angry. Mm -hmm. So this motherfucker, I get this dude. 
it took me an hour to unbox them and, and stitch them all together because of all the stupid fucking <laughs> decisions they made with his armor. I'm talking oh, no. his armor pauldrons aren't attached, so they'll fucking fall off if you move his arm a certain way. These <laughs> these bicep like ultimate warrior bands that he's wearing are two little fucking plastic pieces, Nick, that you have to stick together with a little plastic nubby and it doesn't stay stuck <laughs> together. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm sitting here just trying to take the cunt out of his fucking box like I'm not even doing a shoot <laughs> and I'm getting pissed I'm like you fucking asshole why are these bands detachable just bake them into the plastic you fucks I think you have to just abstain from SH figures from now on well I, I can tell you what I don't think I'm going to shoot this figure because I know for a fact it is going to lead to something getting fucked up. Yeah, either, violence. <laughs> either my hand, the house, the walls, the tables, the figure himself. But it was one of the most frustrating <laughs> unboxings I've ever had. And just moving the guy, just moving him, you can see how insane he is going to be to pose and not want to kill him. Because once you touch one arm, the other arm band falls off. Once you get that back on, the fucking shoulder piece falls off. Oh, so I, I just, I, I know for a fact, like, if I can just stand his ass there as he came out of the box, I may take a portrait shot of that. But fuck that. Fuck you, Thanos. And figure arts, please, don't do stupid shit like that. I, I don't know how anyone sat there and said, oh, this tiny little not even quarter wide diameter piece that only is connected by a a nubbin of plastic uh, maybe a millimeter of plastic so it hardly even slots in hardly even slots in how that's a good idea to put on a figure where you know someone's going to be trying to pose it move its arms do this that and the other thing it's crazy yeah yeah that is that is uh too much too much for a Thanos figure that you probably, you know. Here it is, right here. here it is. <laughs> look, look how I'm, I'm moving it just so nothing falls off. Like, this is uh. what I'm talking about. That, this is a removable piece. Removable piece, removable piece, removable piece. Fucking float up piece, float up piece. <laughs> oh, no. It's like, uh. come on, people. Come on, yeah. I don't have the patience for that type of shit. Make them, make them rubber bands or bake it into the fucking plastic. Little, little too much. Little too much there. But at least you got them all put together now. Just never take them apart. Oh, dude, I, you should see how I storm because I know the cats will get up on the table and knock them over and one of the fucking pieces will fall off and I'll probably skin the cat. <laughs> so he, he's in my smuggler's retreat diorama like in the indoor part. <laughs> so, yeah. And then Close I have... Off. I have my 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 larger Grogu in front of it, protecting it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, sorry, Capes and Rifle, to kind of uh, take over your your uh, praise here. There we go. Yeah. Uh, but, so at Capes and Rifles on Instagram, fa fantastic one six scale photographer. Yes. Uh, and, and he he gets his directly from Hong Kong, so he's always going to be getting the big releases before us that order through sideshow. So, I mean, we're looking at the full best Garmando, which uh, unless you went through Hong Kong, I don't think anyone has them yet. I know mine hasn't fucking shipped yet. Uh, so if Capes got them from sideshow and I didn't, what's going on sideshow? Yeah. What the hell sideshow? Didn't you just hear? I got 20 of your shits pre-ordered. Come on. <laughs> I should be, I should be a, exactly. I should be a fucking <laughs> VIP. Oh man. 
VIP. So. I'm a Lego VIP, and I've only spent like two thousand with them. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, they do need to have like a tiered plan over there at uh, at Sideshow. Once you spend so much money, you can get some extra perks. Well, but- I mean, they give you reward points, but let's. I think my reward points for buying a five hundred dollar figure computes to maybe a $15 credit I can only use on another $500 figure. So it's like, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Sideshow. Yeah, maybe like priority shipping or something like that. <laughs> no, you know, that, first- dude, bro, shipping isn't even free with these things, okay? That, that's how that's, big of a rack it is, and we still all take it up the butt, and we love it. That's so insane. That's Shipping that's is not disgusting. free on these figures that cost hundreds of dollars. Yeah. That, that is absolutely nutty. <laughs> Welcome All to right. the madhouse, my friend. Oh, man. All right. Last up for the top five this week, we got somebody who's actually recently made top five. I think it was two or three weeks ago. This is at 529 underscore J again. And I just like, this guy is becoming one of my favorites. I love his mashups. I love what he does to bring in, to incorporate different universes into the Star yeah. Wars universe. So what we're seeing here is, is a, a shot that was, you know, probably inspired by that stinger at the end of The Mandalorian yes. in the trailer from Book of Boba. Yeah, you're right. Remember, I'm, I'm working on a rolling schedule. I, I, at this point, I'm now pulling a lot of the daily features from the end of or mid-January, uh, early Feb. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, sometimes we got a little bit of a lag. So this one here is definitely inspired by that. Thing. So we see Boba Fett sitting down on the Iron Throne from Game of, Th- uh, right. Game of Thrones. And you can see that he's probably in some sort of like Game of Thrones style castle. I don't know if this is a diorama from Game of Thrones or just some generic castle setting. He's flanked by two stormtroopers. One is clearly in pain standing next to him. And the other one is either crippled or dead on the ground. And then he also adds in another little universe here. He uh, with with Boba Fett holding the Death Note. So if you've never I, I, seen, I was gonna say, did you pick up on the book he's holding? Yeah. Too? So the, so these two stormtroopers <laughs> being either in pain or dead is definitely due to him probably writing their names down in the Death Note, causing their death. Uh, I love the mixture of the universes yes. here, and I love the posing, especially Fett like casually looking over yeah. to the guy next to him he's like as he's clearly hit, hit, crumpling down yeah, his look is like hey could you just fucking die already asshole yeah. like i'm trying to finish my death note book yeah it's like you, i've already written your name here you should be dead already <laughs> yeah. like what do you, what do you do? get off my so throne long? you bucket head yeah i just i love the mashup <laughs> i love the 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 weaving of multiple universes in uh, of here. course no, I mean, 529J, is a, he's an expert of the mashup. I, I think the last one we looked at, they were either playing basketball or something crazy like that. Or no, it was uh, Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> he was looking at the Mando, and the Mando's Mando was, yeah. yeah, he's checking out his helmet. But uh, yeah, big fan of 529J, especially when he brings in uh, franchises that probably shouldn't coexist in, in the same photo, but he makes them work. And this was a... Here's another one. He's got John Wick holding the lightsaber, force choking some stormtroopers. So, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of his his thing, and and he definitely excels at it. Yeah, definitely. So, so, uh, I mean, fantastic shot by at five two nine underscore J, um, and that's gonna bring us to the end of the top five this week, and will bring us into the fan shot breakdowns this week, which, like I said, were from Tones and were from Scion. So, first up, we got Tones here. 
So, Matt, why don't you take a look at what Mr. Tones did and then tell us where you could see some improvements, what you like, what you think could be critiqued. I'm going to tell you, this is going to be rough because I am at my full meter on the old prostate. (laughs) Like, Like so bad, if you would just let me go for... 20 seconds, I think I could give a little more effort to this. Okay, why don't you take a take yeah, a little break here? Just and you, then... you, um, why don't you set up the shot? Like, don't, yes. don't critique it yet, but just describe what you're seeing, because I'm sorry, I, it's bad. I got to go. Okay, there we go. So Matt's, Matt will be back soon. What we see here in this shot, we see two scout troopers, and they look like they're either at the most Isley space station on Tatooine, or they're somewhere on Tatooine, where you can see... Uh, Two TIE fighter flyovers happening. One of the scout troopers is on a speeder bike. One of them is kind of standing behind. He's in cover behind a building. And then you can also see an Imperial lander has come down and there are troops kind of exiting this Imperial lander looking like they're getting in positions. There's probably some sort of fight about to go down uh, wherever they are on Tatooine. So that's what we're seeing here. Yeah, Tones' caption is Tatooine Patrol. Um, and it looks like they're, they're about to patrol or go, go, go into some city on Tatooine, like Tone says in the, in the chat. So, um, all right, there we go. You, you so guys, you guys might've even got some gas on that one. Cause I, w- I was farting everything to get that pee out <laughs> as fast as possible. Oh man. Uh, sorry. No, I, I, I had to do that in my head. I was like, damn it. Can we make it through the end of this before I have to pee? And once we got here, it's like, nah, I, I'll short change this. I'll short change this segment. So I better go let her rip. All right. So Nick did a good job setting it up. Now it's time to uh, break it down. So first and foremost, tones is predominantly a, a compositor where he'll, mm. he'll take shots of the figures and then splice them into uh, backgrounds using Photoshop, I think, or, or another uh, digital editing program like that. Uh, so in this shot in particular, I, I think the the trooper in the foreground doesn't look like he's naturally in the scene. It looks like he was spliced in, I and, and I would assume that's because... Uh, Lighting probably should have been different. Shadows probably should have been added on the ground. Uh, but the, there's just something off with that trooper in the foreground to the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like he was digitally placed in the scene versus naturally occurring in the scene. Yep. Uh, sadly, we all know my skill set on Photoshop, so I can't give any advice on what tools to use to do it better because i i can't do this shit i don't even fuck with it because i don't like it uh but it, it just seems like that that one scout trooper doesn't feel natural within the environment yeah i agree uh, with that the one on the bike feels better because it does look like tones brought in a little bit of a drop shadow mm-hmm. um i don't know it just it there's something where it just doesn't i don't know maybe he should have been further or made to look smaller as if he's deeper into the scene to give the image a sort of a, a another dimension another depth to it um the background stuff i don't know if this ship in the background was spliced in but that that looks really well done it's brought yeah. in you got shadows uh, they seem to be sized properly, uh, properly based on where they're at in in relation to the viewfinder or the lens of the camera. Uh, but it, tones, it really is, it, it, and I've noticed this on some of your shots. It's not all of them, but but sometimes the blend of bringing in the 
the toy into the background isn't as seamless as it could be. Yeah. Uh, but I, like I said, I, I, I have no, no recourse for that because I don't even dabble in the, these types of operations. I can just tell you what, as, what I see as a fellow toy photographer, and sometimes the, the figures just don't feel naturally a part of the background. Yeah. For me, that's, that's definitely the most prominent piece of feedback to give is, is that one figure off to the right-hand side of the, of the shot. And like you said, you know, their, their shadows placed really well underneath the lander in the background. There's a shadow placed really well underneath the speeder bike, but there's just no shadow associated with this character. I don't know if it would have sold it a little bit more if there was, or I don't know um, what tones thought process was on why there wouldn't be a shadow. Maybe thought like given the light source in the direction of yeah, the I light, mean, maybe that's, that's the hard part of, of doing composites yeah. is you in your mind have to shoot the figure with the light that you think the background you're bringing them into would, would cast on the subject. Yeah. Um, it is, t I mean, it, it, it's, it's hard. It's I don't do difficult. it. I mean, you got it. You really got to have the imagination cause you're essentially shooting on a blank template and then you have to make that template work within an, an existing background or another piece of art. Um, Tone, some of the some of the work that I've seen where the blending has been expert level, uh, your recent predator shots, uh, your your recent predator shots was a seamless blend of your real shot and the the digital background. It's 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 got to be tough. Like I said, this is nothing I've dabbled in because it frightens me. Um, I, someone that may be good to reach out to, Black Series, Plastic Action, uh, Mint Complete. They're all, in my opinion, some of the best at doing a composite and then blending it in with whatever brushes and shadows and other little nuances that you all have to do that do composites to really make the figure feel like it fits within the scene. Yeah. So, I mean, really, that that's the only pieces of feedback that I have. I think everything else is really well executed. Right. Now, Tones um, always has good ideas, it. always has yeah. comprehensive scenes. I think sometimes it's just a little bit of polish could go a long way to to finish off a lot of the compositive shots that he produces. Yeah, yeah. So uh, pretty solid shot other than that, really, that, that one figure. So there you go, Tones. Hopefully uh, that was helpful. I know we didn't give you any ideas on how to fix it, but... You know, maybe somebody like a Mint Complete could give you like, hey, this this maybe could have made it a little bit better. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the there, there's little tricks to, to get the shadows and the blending right, because it, it really is. It, it's a lighting thing and, and being able to blend the look of the figure and the way it was lit with the naturally occurring lights and shadows in the shot. Yeah. Um, I, like, I just, I don't fuck with it because I don't want to deal with it, man. I mean, I, I try to shoot it as it's going to look in my viewfinder is ultimately what it's going to look like when I share it. I've just now recently done a bit more, I think what he's saying with, I believe Lightroom is the Adobe version of being able to go in and mess with curves, color balance, uh, selective color, and just doing color grading in general, that's something I've been trying to do a bit more. And I think it has made some of my mall shots, in my opinion, look slightly uh, more professionally finished. Uh, a lot of times in my shots, I feel like they really do look like I, I shot them and did minimal amounts of post-processing. And sometimes I like that. Other times I want it to feel like, okay, this guy was in a studio and, and tried to make it look like art. Yeah. 
Uh, but Tones, uh, we love you, buddy. Um, you're definitely someone that pops up in the feed all the time because we're liking those shots. So there you uh, go. keep at it. Go to the pros. As you're kind of agreeing or, or saying in in the live stream here, maybe maybe take that Lightroom dive and and see if it helps with the blending at all. Yeah, yeah. So the next shot here is from Cyan XTC, and this is way more in line with what you were talking about. Your style is just kind of putting a picture in the frame and doing is you know not oh, too yeah. much in terms of post processing. So what we see from Cyan is a shot of Cara Dune. So Who, this is according the, to a lot of Star Wars fans, is one of the greatest characters ever created. And greatest, that's their opinion. Best best character of all time I, dude i've seen people. so many of those like i can't believe it she was the greatest action i was like all right i, I mean that that's their opinion and they're exactly. allowed to, to believe have, that i don't agree with that but have at um, it. anyway so this shot here is um pretty straightforward shot so uh kara is posed she's standing in a forest and then just Got a background blur going on there. So, so Matt, what do you see this in terms of all right? So, critiques here? I mean, obviously, you got some great bokeh going on in the background. Uh, mm -hmm. So, I, the, the the focus, the the aperture was was set correctly to get that bokeh, which which provides a a nice looking background. Um, I'm someone that, and I used to do this a lot in my portrait photography. I would I would take a a picture as if they were looking at me like I was working with them like oh hey Gina you know let me let me get a shot yeah and I I've found especially when you're in a poser with like a gun and as she's you know it seems like Scion has her walking right I found that a lot of times when you have a character that is in some form of action pose or movement and they're looking directly at the lens as if breaking the fourth wall if you will it it throws the shot off like it doesn't make the shot feel natural it's like why would why would someone be taking a picture of of Kara posing a gun that way with her looking right at the camera as if this was a staged picture does that make sense yeah yeah so what i've started doing with my portrait photography and a lot of times it's very minimal and i'd actually say my one of my last mall portraits i broke my own rule where i think it looks like he's looking right into the fucking camera uh, but I, I try to either tilt their head a bit as if you're you're catching them on a walk or if they're not directly looking at the camera. Yeah. I've just found with with a lot of portrait shots, especially if you're going to have them in a pose that implies action or movement, the, the overall shot doesn't look as great if they're staring right into the camera as if you were paparazzi and you're like, Kara, boom, and took a shot and she looked at you in, in the middle of walking down the street. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with that. I think that, I mean, I, I don't think that this is necessary, like this isn't bad, but I think it does add a bit of dynamicism to the shot if they're not like, if it's not like a face on direct shot. Right. Um, I mean, to me, like the pose she's got with the gun up, if she was looking at the gun or maybe looking down kind of at the ground, the opposite way of the gun like this, like, you know, uh, kind of a badass shot. Like, yeah. Here. Or even like if she's like looking off and like, exactly. you know, she heard right. something and then she like lifted her gun it, up. There, like, there you off go. To the side now, or something like that. I, I, uh, I struggle to be able to explain what's in my brain. And a lot of times Nick can unfuck it for everybody, <laughs> but, but that's what I'm getting at. Uh, typically if you're going to do the portraits or, or a static shot, keep that in mind. And this is me. This is my opinion. I don't like static shots, portrait shots, 
where I feel like the person was taken to a studio like we were when we were kids or in school, sat up and said, okay, it's time for class pictures. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, other things you could do, Sion, to, to, to kind of amp this up. I, I've said this before, and I'm also someone that just started. I just take a picture and, hey, I like it. We got Boca. We're good. But I, I do have to say, adding in atmosphere of any kind, be it the, 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 the spray can, I've, I've been getting a lot of great use out of my hand steamer again, especially inside. It gives you a nice burst of smoke or even a fog machine. Always can take a, a, a static portrait shot and, and increase its level of excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, one, okay, so I have one question for you, Matt, and I don't know if this is something that's possible. I'm sure it's possible to do or it's something that you know how to do. So like, I know that like joint wise, you can't really do much about the joints that they're toys. They have joints. Right. But like on her hair, like on the top of her head, you can see like, it's not, not really like a joint line, but it's almost like where the two pieces of plastic. No, you're right. Conjoined. You're right. And, and I, um, I will typically, if I see those, I'll, I'll go in with my affinity app and use it's, it's like a magic pen where you just mm-hmm. draw a line over it and through computer science and AI, it, just overwrites that line and takes whatever's around it and makes it look seamless. Okay. Yeah. Just, just do a little touch up shit, like cleaning up the, the line on her head. Like Nick said, uh, maybe like popping the eyes a little bit. Yeah. Right. Lighten the eyes, dodge them out. Like, uh, I've on all my recent mall shots. If you look the orange in his eyes is pronounced and I'm not putting a layer. Uh, there's two ways to make eyes kind of pop. You can put a layer on it and, and blend it as an overlay and work the opacity or in a character with mall where the eyes are already pretty bright. I just go in with my dodge tool and dodge his eyes once or twice to make them uh, even lighter in color, more pronounced. Yeah. I think that even something as little as that with the eyes would make the shot pop a little bit more because right now, I mean, it's a toy and you know, you don't have the benefit of like, you know, them going in and doing an extra bit of pop on the eyes. It kind of just right. blends in with the rest of her figure. But like having that little bit of extra brightness on the eyes, having that that coverage on that little piece of plastic on her hair would just make it seem a, that little bit more lifelike. And um, I, I think Scion is a predominantly outdoor shooter and shooting outdoors, it, it's my favorite, but the light can be... It can be your savior. It can also be your enemy. Yeah. Uh, so when you shoot outdoors, you typically want to stick to certain times of the day. You either want to go in the morning before the sun is fully risen. Uh, I would say around 10 o'clock, the shit starts to get a bit too intense. Not heat wise, but just that fucking bright white light that can drown out a figure if it's in direct sunlight. Uh, so I typically, if, if I'm not shooting before 10, which let's be real, I mean, that that's never happened. <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe a few beach vacations I got up early and, and wheeled out to try to get a, a sunset shot. But a lot of times if I'm shooting outside, Nick, I'll make a point to not even go out until almost four o'clock. Yeah. And, and to let the the sun start to go down a bit so it's not as bright and harsh. Uh, because that can it can wash figures out, it can blow out the photo, it can overexpose it. And if you do want to use your own lights, obviously the high noon sun is also just going to blow them out. Like it'll just get completely washed out by that bright light. So, yeah, I mean, it's a it's not an easy game. 
I mean, I, I can remember Stunt Buddy. You know, obviously he's very creative. He's he's done previs for uh, Punisher series. Like, I mean, he's he's big boy stunts. Like, no no fucking around. The guy is accomplished. Yeah. You know, of course, he's he's also a digital artist. That's what he was doing before our, you know, he was like, hey, fuck it, I'm going to be a stuntman. But, you know, he he would lay some critiques on me and they were fair. He he doesn't quite do them in a way that I think a lot of humans would respond to and actually be like, oh, thanks for the help. It's more like you fucking dickhead. Like, really? <laughs> but I remember one time he's like, no, nah, man, it's, it's easy. It's like this. I'll, I'll just go out my basement and do it real quick. And he came back. He's like, uh, yeah, this. Yeah, it's not. It's a little harder than I thought. Setting up a, a a static dead figure and trying to make it look somewhat real. Yeah, it's very very difficult. I it is. I, I mean, I'm I'm fucking probably five plus years into this now, and and I still feel like I'm getting better. I still feel like I have turds. Uh, there are days when I'll, I'll release a thousand like mall and then I'll follow it up with a 300 like shot of a flame trooper. Um, you know, it's just, it, it, it's practice, but uh, we're getting some comments from questions I think would be helpful here for those listening, but they're asking best free photo apps for starters, uh, phone apps. I'm, I'm guessing what he's looking at. Uh, I don't know if lens effects is completely free, but that was a good one to get into. Uh, light is something I used early on that I know there's a, a free version of it where you can do like some color correction. You can actually import other images and, and composite them, if you will. Uh, what else did I used to use before Affinity? But I just, it's been so long. I, I use Affinity for iPad, which is a, in my opinion, it's just as powerful as Adobe but it's not as confusing in terms of <laughs> its its workflow. Uh, yeah, there, Bat, Bat saying Wurble is another one you can use, Laser Sword. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of free phone apps out there, but you will find after a while that you may want to start tapping into uh, the, the, the cheaper ones, the paid ones. I think Affinity for iPad, you can, when it's on sale, get it for 10 bucks, and it's well worth it. It's updated all the time. I just got update. They gave me a bunch of new free brushes and overlays just built right in, which was nice. I think someone to go to for apps, uh, Blainer Things. True. Blainer Things, pretty much everything you see is created on an iPad and an iPad only. And he doesn't use Photoshop. So uh, I think he's using the, uh, the effects app, the lens effects, all that fun stuff. There you go. All right, so there you go. You know, Scion, uh, if you're doing the portraits, try to not make them look like it's picture time, you know? I mean, all that we were missing was Gina smiling for like a cheese (laughs) moment, right? Like, cheese. Um, But you're there. You got got the bokeh down. Uh, I would suggest it looks like you might have been shooting this midday. You may want to wait for later in the day so the light isn't as as harsh. Um, But you get there. Just keep trying. There you go. So yeah, that's there, the end. Uh, go ahead. What are you gonna say? I, I was gonna say on on a lot of those apps that I first started using, the reason I don't use them anymore is is what Bat just said right in the in the chat. Uh, unfortunately, especially the the lens effects, which is awesome. I mean, it's fucking badass. You you can you get muzzle flares, fires, explosions, smoke, lightsabers, all at the tap of a button. But when you go to export it it reduces the overall resolution. 
Um, and, and to me, that was just like, nah, dude, I got this high end camera. I'm shooting in raw. I don't want to take a, a 20 meg image, add some effects on it. And when I output it, it's reduced to like three megabytes. Yeah. That's yeah, a little that's... too much compression, little too much loss of natural resolution. Uh, so that's why I, I ultimately have ended up with a Photoshop-esque app only on the iPad. And the reason I only do stuff on the iPad is because what? I've just been at my computer for three hours talking to all you assholes about Star Wars time. Don't want to stay there. Yes, there, there's a point in my day, being a, a professor who teaches remotely now, there's a point in my day where I don't want to fucking be at my Mac. I want to be laying on my couch, either wasting my life on my phone or on my iPad. There you go. And that, that allows them to do it, so... Um, that's the end of the fan shop breakdowns this week. That's the end of the top five and that's the end of the show. So Matt, take us home to the end of this now three hour long podcast. There you I go, was going to say three hours. Look at that. Look at that. We, we weren't thinking we were going to make a long show today, but you still got a three hour long show. So I'm, I'm sure Nick's going to break out the Matt voodoo doll after this and stick a few <laughs> needles into my eyes. Because I, I, he probably just wants to get back to gaming or, or making dinner or lunch. But hey, it happens. I think we always have a good conversation, right? On the Star Wars Time Show, here's one thing that you are always guaranteed to get. You're never going to get dead air. You're not going to get a lot of whoms and haws and ahs and and like and like and like and like this and like that. We keep things flowing. I mean, yeah, I might have to take a piss break every show, but you try sitting down for three hours straight talking after you drink a couple of these big ass Yetis every day. It's impossible. And I'm 40, so I'll probably be in diapers in a few years. Right? It is what it is. But we're all here. We just had some Star Wars time. That's what we do. That's who we are. That's why we show up every Tuesday about... 2 to 3 p.m. East. You never know. It's in between that hour. We're getting some lovely sun rays on Nick's feed right now, which lets me know that we should be wrapping this shit up because the sun is shining in Texas and it is time to eat some brisket. So let's do it. Let's dance our way over to that StarWarsTime.net shit. Here we are. We're here. Look, if you're on the live stream, StarWarsTime.net, the home of the Star Wars Time Show, where you can get all the details you may or may not need to support us. Clearly, people don't get our message every week. That's okay. We press on. We'll we'll, we'll be okay with our loyal band of brothers and sisters that we have now. We want more to join. To do so, your your first stop should always be StarWarsTime.net. That's where the topics will get posted that we're going to talk about. That's where you have all the jump-off points to get the show on whatever podcast platform you want. And by that, I mean it's going to be on Apple, Google, Spotify, Android, Pandora, iHeart, Stitcher, TuneIn, Deezer, RSS, email. You can even download the shit. We give it away for free. We're like, here, you want the digital file? Have it. We just want you to speak our names. Anytime you hear someone say Star Wars, you should instantly go, Star Wars Time Show! And they'll be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're like, sorry, it is a new form of Tourette's that Matt and Nick gave me. Star Wars Time Show! Star Wars Time Show! You get it? And they're going to be intrigued. They're probably going to be slightly concerned and disturbed, but they will be intrigued, I promise you, which will lead them to the Star Wars Time Show via StarWarsTime.net.
And as we know, at least those in the club, you can play with us on Discord. You can grab the link from our uh, Star Wars Time Show account on Instagram. Just hit the bio link at Star Wars Time Show. If you liked the top five, if you liked the fan question of the week segment, we do a fan segment to close the show every freaking week. You can get involved. You can be spoken about, talked about, lauded, made fun of, criticized, shamed. You never know what, what, what you'll get because of me and my moods every week. But if you want to become a part of the show, make sure you're following us on Instagram to get the question of the week so you can respond. But more importantly, if you are a Star Wars artist of any form, not just toys, real-ass paint, real-ass crochet, real-ass knitting, it doesn't matter. We got it. We will feature it if you at Star Wars Time Show and use that hashtag hashtag star wars time show because my friends in the end the reason we want more people to join this little circus is because we know you know the mice in your pocket know as well that there is always time for star wars time there's always time for star wars time just ask my family we don't go nary a day without star wars being mentioned in the haywood household because there's always time for it and besides if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you always. Always.